everyone. This time, Gary's returned and there's been a shit ton of news. So we're going to go through all of that. Yeah, you can introduce yourself again if you want. Uh, yeah, I'm Gary, Captain Garrison, or uh, Jack. And um, yeah, I you probably know me. I've been on the podcast before. Um, I've been streaming a lot more recently, so maybe you know me from there. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, so far your episode of the podcast is our most popular one. Not the only reason why you're back, but <laughs> might be one of them. Yeah, so what have you been up to recently? Um, school. Since since our last podcast, I've been doing school a lot more. All online stuff, but school. <laughs> I'm sure we've talked about this before, but what is it you're actually doing? Uh, right now, I am in my... This is this is my senior year of high school, but I am doing it through a local community college. So getting some basic credits in before I go off to a real college next year. Yeah, I'm like thoroughly unfamiliar with how American schooling works. So like I get... I mean, I am too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, now for, for us... Your last two years of high school are our two years of college. And then after that, we go to uni and you essentially have college and uni are the same thing, aren't they? Yes. Our secondary education, if you will. Um, that makes sense because, I mean, for, for people who know they're, they're going to go to college, we have the option to take those level of classes in our primary high school education. So I spent last year, you know, taking classes that get, got me college credit at my school. And I spent this year taking classes that um, gave me college credit at the college through online because of COVID stuff right now. But it makes a lot more sense to me to just send kids who want to do that and are able to do that to that college. Well, for us, it's a kind of different because, um, so our high school ends at 16 and then from 16 mm -hmm. to 18, you have to be in, it's either education or an apprenticeship or you can get certain jobs. Um, but you have right. to be doing something within those two years. Um, so most people go on to college, but then some of them will do like trade apprenticeships and stuff. And then there's like vocational colleges and stuff like where if you want to become a priest, you go there. Um, and then after 18 is when you just sort of like do whatever you want. Um, so there's like an entire extra set of like new exams and new like qualifications that you get in college that you wouldn't get in other places. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's at high school, you choose what you want to do for your classes. Um, but there's also like the basic ones you have to do, like your English, science and maths. Right, right. Then at, co then at college, though, you completely choose everything yourself. It's like each each bit specializes more, essentially. Then so you do, you choose your topics for high school, but do them with everything else that you need to do. And then at college, you specialize down to like somewhere between three and four. It depends where you go. And then after that, you specialize to just doing one class at uni. Okay, so uni is more like, because like we have in, in our college, there's like undergraduate and graduate study. 
And oh no, because we still have that as well. Oh, okay, you still have that. So in. yeah, so uh, a BSc, which is your bachelor's, that's right. undergrad. Right, right. And then yeah. once you've got your undergrad, you go on to do your graduate. So that's when I got my master's. So that's the same as yeah. over here. Okay. It's just you guys have that weird two years where it seems like you have more, like you have to decide to do something, but it seems like you have more freedom to choose from things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like um, that's when you would go to like, say if you wanted to become a plumber or something, you can go and do an apprenticeship in becoming a plumber between 16 and 18. So, so that you just go straight into the job afterwards. We have something like that. At least in my school district, I know not all counties and not all areas have schools like this. We have a technical school, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, you can choose to go half the day to do a vocation like electrician or plumbing or all sorts of stuff. And um, they, they do that. And at once you start in about age 16 it's you have the choice to do that right yeah. but it's if if you don't do that like i cuz i i want i've wanted to do i knew i kind of wanted to go into journalism or something involving mm-hmm. writing and public stuff um and and none of that at the tech school appealed to me so i was just stuck with the regular high school classes so it, it seems like from what people have told me that even if you don't choose to go with like a traditional like um, labor trade or a tradition like plumbing or whatever, um, you still kind of have more choices to specialize at that point for all sorts of things. Sorry, I, I'm just clarifying. Did you mean for like for your school and off of mine? Oh, for, for in England from or in the UK. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So like at college, I... Uh, well, my college was a bit fucked because <laughs> I didn't do very well at college. Um, for me at college, I originally chose, you essentially just choose four classes and just do those four classes and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there was, it's not quite true because I went to a Catholic, um, college. So I had to do religion as well, mm-hmm. but you didn't get a qualification for that. It was just a thing you had to do. Right. Just for the, yeah. Um, yeah, so I had to do uh, religion at college, like I said, and then there was like another class which was it wasn't like a real class or something, but you had like a you know, like you have like I don't know because I don't know how similarly it works for you. Like you, you get like a the I don't know what to call them. I legitimately don't know what to call them. Um, an elective but you know like when you go to you know like when you go to like your science class or whatever it's just like random people mm-hmm. like just people from different bits of your school but then when you like start the day you always start in the same place with the same people homeroom yeah okay right what yeah i just i can't honestly it's been like 10 years so i can't remember what that's called which our school doesn't really do homeroom anymore we don't right we haven't i i think a lot of schools are kind of going away from that Right, okay. I don't really I never really had a home the concept of a homeroom always felt seemed outdated to me. Mm-hmm. I we had them, but it was honestly mostly just for registry purposes. It was honestly just to make sure everyone was there at the start of the day. So they were always in the same place at the start of the day. And that was like it. And it was like um like 
the the teacher who took you for that is the person that you would like see at a parents evening or something like that mm-hmm. but yeah so besides those two you got to choose everything yourself so i chose the first time i went i went to college twice the first time i went i took um science and by science i mean all three sciences and what was the other thing maths i want to say no psychiatry that was it i took psychiatry physics biology and chemistry um and i hated it <laughs> and i like dropped out and then i went back the year after and i took what did i take i think i took physics at first and maths and further maths so further math maths is like actual maths like real world application maths and then further maths was more like abstract stuff so it's like more proven formulas and stuff um and then i hated doing physics so i dropped physics and started doing computing instead and that's how i ended up getting into programming okay yeah so like yeah you do actually get quite a lot of control over what you do over those two years and then again as soon as you graduate there you apply to go to uni pretty much most people who go to college end up going to uni not everyone but a large amount of them um because it's like actually a requirement of the college that you like go through and do the application process mm. uh, unless you can like prove that you've got something else planned so okay. um like you remember we were talking uh, outside of the podcast about how for me when you apply to a uni the entire thing was done through like one website right and right. they connect to um they connect to your college get all of your scores from college and then send it off to the places you apply to and that's it so that kind of happens here at mm-hmm. state levels right so there and if you have like so i applied um i'm not doxing myself i don't live in this state but i applied in north carolina and there was there there was a system for like the schools in North Carolina for me to apply to. Um, but it didn't really work for me because I lived outside of that state. Right. Okay. Um, and, and there is a lot more of like with that, inf- you know, I've been applying to different schools recently and certain things I've been able to get my counselor to send in for like my transcript, but certain things I've had to pay like fees to send in and it's individual fees every time you want to send it to a school. So if I want to send my standardized test scores, luckily since I did it through the school, I was able, I took the test through my high school. I was able to send a couple of them for free, but it's like $13 per score report to each school that I want to apply to on top of paying $70 for the test. And I mean, there's so many fees and so many different things they squeeze as much money as they can out of you yeah like we've talked about this and i like it's just completely insane to me while you were talking about that it reminded me of something else do you have over here it's called clearing i don't know what it would be called for you essentially it's a system where when when do you find out when you've been accepted by a school by a by a uni or college um so as soon as you get all the application stuff in, it's within, depends on the school, um, because one, the first school I applied to, I I got it about three or four days later, but they sent the acceptance letter in the mail, and it was right, dated okay. earlier. 
And then another school just sent me an email on like the next day after I had everything turned in. Okay. Right. So over here, the way it works is essentially you apply to the university you want to go to mm -hmm. and tell them what the, the college you're at expects you to get for your grades. Um, so like, say you're expected to get like an A, an A and a B or like an A, a B and a B, something like that. You get that, send that to the uni and then the uni says, well, if you get this score, which is like, they'll say you have to get two A's and a B or two or an A and two B's or, you know, some variation upon that. They'll say, as long as you hit this criteria or better, we'll accept you. Yes. So there is certain things with like standardized tests where uh, they have certain minimums, right? So you have to have a yeah. certain minimum score and a minimum GPA for that kind of stuff. That's pretty much the same. But what I was getting at is that over here, everyone finds out the same day. Mm -hmm. So literally there is one day in August when everyone gets their, um, their scores through. And most people like go to the, the college and like pick up the results from there. And basically, as soon as you open up the envelope, you find out whether or not you've got accepted by the college, uh, the, by the uni, sorry. And then depending on what happens, there's a second separate thing that happens like usually the day after, quite soon after, which is called clearing, where everyone who didn't get in can then like just phone up the universities and just say, do you have spaces? Because uh, sometimes okay. they'll have a space even if you don't meet the criteria and they'll let you on, which is actually how I got into uh, how I got into uni because like you were talking about with the scores thing. So our grades are given scores afterwards as well. So to get onto the course I wanted to get on, I needed 260 points and I left college with 60. Um, so I was like nowhere near. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just rang them up and just said, do you have any spaces? And they said, yeah. And I was like, all right then. And that was the end of it. Like I was just at, co uh, like I'd just been accepted to the uni at that point. And then it was just a matter of like arranging to pay fees and that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just wondering if there was anything similar to that over there. I know we don't really have that day because so many different colleges. It's been a pain in my ass to to <laughs> balance like all the different deadlines from the different colleges that I want to apply to because they're all like there's scholarship deadlines and application deadlines and early yeah. application deadlines that are all completely different. There's no like unified version of any of that yeah and so it's been i've it's been a bit of a struggle to keep up with a lot of that and to have that like is is that the same for like scholarship deadlines and that sort of stuff are they all on the same day too so the the scholarships and stuff tend to not be but the actual like it's weird because there's like explicit deadlines and then there's like implied deadlines mm -hmm. so there is the actual deadline of every single application to every single university needs to be in on this day. Right. But then because it's technically first come first served, like I live in Manchester, Manchester's got like a really big university that's like really like well-known and really like, it's a really good university, but because of that, it's really popular. So it's first come first served, which means the later you get in your application, the less likely you are to get a space anyway. So it has like this implicit deadline, but it's right. not, actually they like real but are those deadlines the same at manchester or at other universities for scholarships are they the same across the board for uh, that or 
Do you know? The scholarships are completely down to the university usually. Okay. So some of them, uh, there, there are like other places you can go to get scholarships. Like if you're becoming, I want to say like a nurse or a psychiatrist, something like that. There are mm-hmm. like ex, like there are like external foundations that will sometimes do scholarships for that. Occupation, yeah, depending on your department. Yeah, but not always. Um, but the university ones are handled entirely by the university. Like the university I actually ended right. up going to, they do a scholarship that you technically have to apply for, but it's kind of just given to you anyway. Like if you are, like if you go on to do a master's, but you did a bachelor's there, you just get a thousand pound off your course. Like right. you okay. have to fill in a form and apply for it, but it's basically just given to you and you can kind of apply for it whenever you're supposed to do it by a certain time, but at the same time, they're just sort of like, they understand that it's entirely internal, so they will probably just let you slide for a bit on that. Yeah, that's how that's kind of similar to some of the academic scholarships. Like, I got one because I did pretty decent on my um, standardized tests. I was lucky enough to, I took them five different times and, and got some pretty good scores on them one time. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that got me 9,000 a year at one school for four years, which is, which is great. Like how much is a year at sort of colleges for you? And like, I know it's like drastically different for each one, but it, de- it definitely depends. Um, there is, it's way more expensive if you're going out of state. Yeah because you don't pay into that public funding for your state. Um, so it's it's usually around like nine to thirteen thousand dollars in state right and then up to like twenty seven twenty eight thousand dollars for out of state. Yeah, sorry. How many years does a course tend to last for you? Does a course tend to last? Yeah, like a class. A class. Um, sorry, they they call courses over here. Like the entire right. thing would be one course. Right. So I, I mean, we have there's, I mean, two semesters with that's about like this year. I'm with my classes. I've I signed up for the fall semester. That's August to December. Oh no, sorry. I, I meant like. Like your entire time at uni, how long will that be? Oh, oh, um, there's, so, I mean, you can do your, are you asking me or like the general you? <laughs> uh, just like, I was just wondering, like over here, I, a bachelor's is three years. Okay. I believe a bachelor's is four years over here. Right. Okay. So there, you can do certain bachelors over here, which will be four, but they tend to be, they tend to come with what's known as foundation year. And that's for like, like highly technical stuff mm-hmm. um, that people might not be familiar with. Uh, like, like when I was explaining before that I got in through clearing, I actually got in on the foundation version of my course, right? Um, which meant that I would have been there for four years instead of three. But then, because I had familiarity with the course already, because it was a programming course, and I'd just done it at college, they just bumped me up straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but like generally over here, they all last three years. So. From from what I've heard and, and seen, uh, obviously, 
Um, I haven't really experienced this because I, I'm just now entering college and it's all kind of fresh, but, um, a lot of what I've been doing in high school, like those basic courses, your, your gen eds, as we call them, Mm -hmm. um, is that first year you don't, you don't spend, it seems like to me, you don't spend that first of four years really doing what your major is. You spend it doing like the required science, English, history kind of stuff. And I've been trying my best to get those out of the way while I'm still in high school. Okay. Um, That makes sense. And very strange, but it makes sense. (laughs) So, so that's something I've been, cause I'm taking, like I said, I'm taking some classes at the local community colleges here. I'm taking a literature and a biology class and it's the most basic like introduction to biology. My, freshman year biology class it's was basically the same as this you know so it's it's this weird kind of like these general core education classes that uh people have to take in their first year that takes up most of that first year and then the rest are kind of focused on so in a way it is kind of three years and hopefully for me i will be able to skip a lot of those or i will not skip i've already done them I also just find the way your like your courses are structured really strange. Like over here, I did a course in programming. So I was like, I want to do the programming course, and then I went to my programming lectures and that was it. Like that that's all I did. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the whole thing with you where you like have to like choose classes to go to and like apply for them. Like I granted I'm not particularly like familiar with it. I mean, there's only, do you not have, like, are there not, like, only a certain amount of people that can be in one class? I mean, technically, yeah, but we're talking, like, 80 to 100 people. See, classes, yeah, I mean, classes fill up. Even online classes that I've had have, like, a cap Mm -hmm. that that they fill up at. And so I had to, this year I had to apply, you know, and make sure I got in before those filled up to get the ones on the days that I wanted. You know what I mean? So, so you have to like apply to do individual classes on days that you can do and like shit like that. Like you're saying now, that is not how it works here at all. Right. Like here it is literally, I rang up and said, can I do the programming course? And they said, yes, you can do the programming course. And then they sent me a timetable with, this is when all of your classes are. And it was like, this is a class in this sort of programming. This is a class in that sort of programming. And that was just it. Like, all of that is handled by the university and has absolutely nothing to do with me. And the only thing I do is, like, if I ring them up and just be like, I have, like, a job that runs at this time, I cannot make this class. They will try and fit me into a different class running the same thing, maybe. Or they'll just send me the work mm-hmm. and I just have to do it on my own. Um, The whole, like, yeah. like, getting credits for courses. It's weird that we, yeah, we pre-schedule all of our, our courses <laughs> for the semester over here i think like what i'm getting at is like do you not have to do like you said you're doing a is it literature and biology yes those are my two main classes this year right so for my last year in high school i I think it's basically that is the whole like major and minor stuff as well like i don't get that That that's just not a thing over here well i mean you it's the same as like selecting um 
I mean, you, you, you say you want to do the programming course and then you're just dedicated to it for like four years. Yeah. I mean, you can switch around and there, there's things that you have to do, but it's... no, that's what I'm saying. Like here, you can't, there is no switching. There is no change. Like if you do the programming course, you do nothing but programming. And what I mean by that is like, it's not like you do a major and a minor. You don't do like a major in programming and a minor in something else. You just do programming. So, like, you're saying that you were doing, like, the literature and biology and stuff. So if you're doing the literature at some points and the biology at others. Well, those are just my two classes this year. I have a, yeah. it's kind of like in college, you pick your, you said you pick your four classes. <laughs> and since, since this is still my, I'm still technically in high school, I'm just doing it through the community college. Those are just the two classes. Those are not going to be my major. Yeah. So maybe it's just like a fundamental misunderstanding on my part of like how it works over there, but it it sounds very alien. It this is a really weird conversation because it's there's like weird differences in terminology, and it's very yeah. hard to explain to someone <laughs> who uh, on both ends for us to explain to each other these yeah. weird systems that we've just never had any experience with. Yeah, because they they both feel so alien, and there's yeah. like a weird misunderstanding of terminology and place. It's it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm basically just going off like what I've seen on like TV and shit. That's like it. So yeah, I mean, so I and to be honest, I don't really know how it's going to work once I get into college, right? I, I in some of my applications, I've had to declare a major, like at when I apply to that college. Some of them haven't made me do that, but. Um, and there's each college calls it a different thing. So I wanted to do journalism. Most colleges don't even have a journalism major. They have like news media or mass communications with a focus in broadcast journal, you know, and there's so much like weird terminology and it gets even weirder when you cross borders and countries and yeah, like over here. Well, sorry, not over here for me. I did a course in games programming, so it was programming with a focus on games. It is like the only one that exists, as far as I'm aware. Like in the country, it is the only. It for for sure, it's the only one called that, or it was at the time. But a lot of them are all like, um, like it's like programming with games, where you're, it's like ninety percent is just like assembly line shit. Like not actually assembly line, but like, you know, like really like, really it's like mechanical. It's practical. It's not like design with coding. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Whereas like the games design, uh, the game programming course was like, this is how you make the physics works in games. Like it was very much more focused on that. But the point I'm making is that when I got to, um, when I got to do my masters, we got a new guy in, he came from doing a thing called MIT, which was like media information technology thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, how is that like applicable to this? Cause it was a, it was a games development masters. And he came from doing, he did some coding, but he did like app development for like maps and shit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I understand like the physical, like writing code is the same, but like the, the transferable skills just seemed odd to me. And it's just like, it'd be nice if places were a bit more consistent. Is I guess what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's, it's honestly been like stressful for me to to decide because for a while I I was like I want to do 
English, and then I was like, mm, no, I don't want to do English because I don't want to like. It's like that's not practical. So I I moved between a lot of different things throughout high school that I I wanted to major in. Yeah, and I've been. My dad did a good job of reminding me that, like, you can go into college with your major undecided. You can, can you? you can you can do that whole first year, get your gen eds, do all that, take classes in certain things. Like, um, my dad started out college as an art major doing photography, and he ended up um, doing uh, having a major in. Um, computer geography or electronic cartography or something like that yeah, because he yeah. took a geography class, learned about it, really liked the department, and then switched his major. That is not a thing here at all. Like there is the closest it gets to that is if you don't like the course you're doing, you could apply to do a different course, but they don't have to take you, and then you just drop out. I mean, it could be like that at colleges. I don't know how that transfer process works because I've never experienced it, but it... Oh, yeah, no, so what I meant in particular was there is no... Like you said, like, he took a class in the geography and learned that he liked mm-hmm. it. That isn't possible here. Like, it's not like you could learn you like a different thing while you're doing it. So you guys just don't have electives. Yeah. You guys don't have elective courses. No, there's nothing. There is the course, and that's it. Okay, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Because... Um, I mean, that's something I'm really looking forward to in going to college because I went to a small rural high school mm-hmm. where the only electives we had were like football or yearbook <laughs> or, <laughs> okay. band, you know, like sports, band, yearbook, and then the electives that we have to have by the county, yeah. like like personal management, you know, yeah. like um, and so there wasn't really an option for me to do new and interesting things. Yeah, like that's I, I've got like a vaguely funny story relating to that. Um, at my university, they complained that the games department was like it's kind of like it was like automatically segregating itself from everyone else because like it's shocking. I know, but people who make games tend to be quite like introverted. Um, so they weren't like taking like massive part with all the rest of the university so we were also like in our own building on our own um Mm -hmm. well mostly on our own at least we had like an entire floor of a building to ourselves right so they decided to fix this by building a new building that was even bigger than the last building and putting us on the top floor of that even further away from everyone else and everyone's just like what like, how is this the solution to encouraging us to integrate by putting us even further away? But <laughs> that was just as I was leaving. So they got, like, all new schools and stuff. But. So was was the games, like, because colleges are kind of, in, in America, are divided. Like, you have departments, and then you have, like, courses in those departments. Yeah. Right, so when I... I go to the one school had like the department of mass communication and then it has like news broadcasting, uh, television production under all of that under mass communication. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much like that. So you can, you have more fluidity in your department. I think Mm, (laughs) from what it seems like to, to move around within 
that like if I decide I wanted to be a mass communication, like apply with the mass communications department and get scholarships from the department because there are department scholarships and school right, scholarships right. too. Like I have more, a bit, I have more of an ability to move around what my major is within that easier than it would be to go to other departments. So I suppose that's technically true here, but it's mostly just because more of the skills are transferable than anything. And also it mm-hmm. is easier as well because it's like, if you say, um, say I turned out not to like programming all that much, but I was still enjoying the game stuff. I could literally just go to the head of my course and just say, I'm not really liking this, but I still want to work in games. And he could like go to the head of the game design course and just say, I've got this guy who wants to move over. Is that all right? And they'll say maybe. And then you actually still have to go through the application process of switching and everything, but it's just a lot more likely to happen. But there's nothing like explicit that makes it any easier than anything else. No, not really. This is, it's a, it's a weird conversation because I mean, obviously, you like. It's also you have a lot more experience in your secondary education system than I have in mine. Yeah, because I am just now entering secondary education. So you were talking about the terminology differences as well. Is that for for us, secondary education is high school? Oh yeah. So higher education, it might be the same for you, right? I don't. Well, no, because you have even more years than we do. Like we don't have a middle school or anything. I think I think I think in America primary education is elementary through high school. Right, okay. So for us, primary is um what's well, literally just called primary school. It's where you go to till you're about twelve. And then twelve to sixteen is secondary education, and that's your high school. And then after that is it's just all classified as higher education. Or sometimes they'll call like college like sixth form as well. But it's that's basically so the same thing. <laughs> I'd, it's foreign and different and I don't like it because it's different. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I feel much the same. <laughs> <laughs> right. We've spoken about colleges for 36 minutes nearly. Yeah. So, um, let's get away from college. It's, it's yeah. got me a little stressed out. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the favorite segment that will hopefully never return, where I try a drink. Oh, you got um, the Soylent? Yeah. So I bought, basically, like, the shop I was at had bottles of Soylent, and they were really cheap. And I was like, I just need to know. What it, yeah. Yeah, but I also bought this, like, six months ago, and I've had absolutely no desire to actually try it at any point. Um, But it goes out of date today. So yeah, if I, I don't do it, it today, I'm never going to do it. <laughs> Originally, my my original plan for this was I was going to try it, take a like record myself try it take a drink say oh this tastes terrible and then just throw it away and that was going to be the entire video um but i never did that just like a shit post yeah pretty much but now let's try it this is thoroughly entertaining i'm sure (laughs) it's all right actually that was a, a really good microphone swallow i caught it really nice oh i i didn't think about that (laughs) <laughs> sorry I, I i didn't think about being near the microphone when i took that drink um that might be edited out out for people who are listening <laughs> or or i might make it even louder oh no <laughs> yeah those are the choices um yeah it's all right actually what what kind was it because there's different flavors uh, i got 
Yeah, I got the chocolate one. Yeah. It just tastes like a chocolate milkshake. That's it. I mean... I'm honestly kind of disappointed. What were you expecting? I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting it to be... I was expecting to get a bigger reaction out of it than... Yeah, it's all right. (laughs) I don't know why I was expecting that, to be honest. If you've literally watched anything I've ever made, you know my reactions are basically... Yeah, it's okay. That just seems to be me as a person. (laughs) (laughs) I've spoken about this a few times where, like, people post, like, clips of them on stream and they're, like, screaming and reacting and stuff. And I I I, I posted a clip of me on stream last night where I said, Oh, I hope that's okay. And that was like the, that was like the big, like that was like the big emotional moment of my stream last night. Was going, oh yeah, it's not too bad. Right. I should probably work on my reactions, but I've been streaming Slay the Spire recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how you uploaded it to your channel. And well. um, it's been it's been fun to stream it, but I always I always kind of feel kind of down energy. Unless I get to like a hype moment, and then I get mm-hmm. that that whole like thing that will like the yeah 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 like I do that a lot. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I am like, I think in your videos you come across as pretty chill. You're like a bit less chill on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's because I'm not reading something yeah. that I I wrote. <laughs> I think I, uh, I think I'm possibly the opposite, just because on the podcast I'm well more like way more unsure of myself. <laughs> I find it easier to pretend to be emotional when I'm just reading off a script, whereas when I'm like actually doing it, I'm just like uh, just unsure noises yeah. the entire time. I feel more sure. I feel more comfortable in in places like this because it's just to me, it's just a conversation. Mm -hmm. Right. But when I when I write something. I and I I record it in some of my videos. It definitely feels. I feel less comfortable in being more professional. Yeah. If that makes any sense. (laughs) Have you gotten to the point with recording your scripts where you can um, like pick up in the middle of a line again. No, I haven't because like I haven't been yeah. making that much stuff since school started. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> it's, it's a useful skill to pick up and it's one that I had to learn because especially when I was like earlier on recording stuff like, yeah, cause I put out so much shit. But when I was like earlier on recording like scripts and stuff, I had to, um, I just fuck up a lot and like yeah. have to re-record bits. And I would I've like trained myself to try and make it sound like I'm in the middle of a sentence without actually having to say the start of it, if you get what I mean. Because it just makes editing it back in so much easier. So what have you been up to? Like we didn't talk about, we just talked about school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I have not really done anything. <laughs> I. That's funny. Yeah. Is it funny or is it depressing? Is it I mean in the moment it was funny. That's fair enough. It was... It's the best I can hope for, to be honest. I mean what have you been playing anything? Uh I finished control, so that was nice. Yeah, how what did you think about control? Control was pretty good. It was That's what I thought. 
Um, what did you play it on? PS4. So how did it perform? Was it? It was. It was okay. Um, okay. I I had some issues at certain points, um, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, I. It was mostly okay for me. I had this weird issue though, where when I was running the game, like when I was like actually playing and stuff, everything was fine. But if I left, if I entered or exited a menu, it's slow so much. I'd go to like three FPS going in and out of menus. Yeah, menus menus were rough. Did you play it on PS4 as well? Uh, no, I played it on PC. On PC. Yeah, I got the Ultimate Edition when it came to Steam. Okay, so you played it. You played it with the the new DLC too. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't. I played the base game and then felt good enough to okay. be done with it. <laughs> did you? So did you play any of the DLC or not? I did not, no. Right, okay. So, I won't spoil anything. The second piece of DLC is a bit weird. Um, it's the... Um, the Alan Wake one. Yeah, that's not spoilers, right? That's in the yeah, name, isn't it? literally the name, yeah. Um, it's good. It's interesting. It feels a bit strange. It, um, it's weird. It takes place after the end of the game. So, Jessie as a character is in a place where she's more comfortable with the the bureau Mm -hmm. like she refers to herself as the director oh okay but she doesn't do that at any point in the game up until the end of the game so you can but you can play the alan wake expansion like about halfway through the game so it was this weird thing whereas like playing jesse and she's all like oh what i find out what's happening then going into this thing where like you're using mechanics that haven't been introduced yet and you're like referring to yourself in a sort of like oh i'm the director i'm really great and i'm like she's never said this before and it's also like a lot more like comedic which i feel like as the game progresses kind of develops that but it was just weird it It was weird the place where i played it at basically like i feel like it unlocks a bit too early if it unlocked like basically if it didn't unlock until you'd beaten the game it would have made sense but because it unlocks when it does it felt really kind of odd. Yeah, that that's weird because, I mean, I guess they just kind of assumed that most of the people who would be playing it had already beaten it or had already been. Is there like like doing uh, another playthrough? But that is weird that it's hmm. it's put right there in the middle. Yeah, well, the, the the foundation DLC though, the first piece of DLC that does unlock after the end of the game. You can't do that until you've beaten the game. Um, and that again, that actually introduces some of the mechanics that are used within the alan wake expansion so uh it's not like a spoiler or anything but there's like a a bit where you can you can go up to like a desk and say can i have some help and like a just a random grunt will come and help you in the next fight or whatever Mm. but that's a mechanic that gets introduced in the foundation dlc but you can use that in the alan wake expansion which took place before that but hadn't been introduced yet so there's just loads of little things like that which just like it was just a little bit dissonant, basically. Yeah, they expect you to play it all in in release order. Yeah, that's exactly. Not how that 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 doesn't gel well with the complete edition, like you played. Yeah, exactly. Where it's all together. Uh, one thing I will say though is that I've seen other people who have finished it in release order who said they didn't like the Alan Wake expansion because it doesn't leave the game off in a particularly interesting way. Um, and I can completely understand that because. Like, the game feels like it has an end. The Foundation DLC feels like it has an end. 
the Alan Wake DLC just sort of goes, oh, this was fun, wasn't it? And then you just carry on with the rest of the game. <laughs> but as the final piece of work, it would just feel very dissonant with everything else. Um, so I, I think playing it in the order I played it in makes more sense and probably leads to a better experience. But it just feels a little bit weird in terms of like mechanics. I really enjoyed Control, um, but it was one of those games where I enjoyed it, I played it, and then I was like, okay, something something else now. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I don't, it's not something I see myself going back to or even seeing, see myself really wanting to get DLC for mm-hmm. anytime soon. I think, uh, I think I feel differently. I think I liked it probably more than you from what you've said. Uh, like I, like basically, I think if I'd played this last year when it actually originally came out, I probably would have put it on my game of the year list for last year. Like it wouldn't have been like number one. It wouldn't have done better than Death Stranding or anything, but would have been like top five at least. It w- is definitely better than Pokemon Sword. <laughs> but uh, besides that, made my videos, did some streams, made an episode of the podcast you went on. That's pretty much it. I remember you said that you were working on a game. Uh, yeah, I'd been playing around with Twine a bit, which is a engine for making like interactive fiction. And just kind of... I mean, I wasn't taking it really seriously. I was just kind of bored while in the middle of class or doing other stuff and fooling around with it. And I made I just made a little mini demo using a, a tabletop character that I had that I had been writing out some backstory with. And so it was that was a pretty interesting creative outlet uh, to just change up what I was making for a bit because I kind of got I made those two videos. I had written some stuff for some other videos and I just did not feel like the motivation to capture footage, play through the games that I wanted to write about. I just, I kind of lost it after that super hot video. I I lost the motivation to make those kind of videos. So I just started working on other things. And that's, that's something that I kind of struggle with creatively is that I don't think I let myself be okay with doing other things. I I don't I I always feel like I need to to make myself see it as I'm not dropping something I'm picking something else up and I can't balance everything obviously so that's something I always weirdly kind of struggle with creatively is is I dip my toes in a lot of different areas and so I never get super far in any of them but I enjoy what I do in all of them mm-hmm. yeah I. When you were last on the podcast, I brought up that I was trying to write a video about title screens. Um, I haven't written any of that since. Uh, I'm like, I'm really interested in the idea still. But one of the things I want to talk about is the differences in title screens between The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. And I just don't really have any urge to play The Last of Us 2. And <laughs> until I do, I don't feel comfortable talking about the title screen. Because while I'm like 90% sure I'm correct about it, I don't actually want to say it until I know for a fact that... Basically just talk about how like the 
the the way the title screen looks and the sort of like soundscapes of it and stuff like can kind of inform the emotions that you can expect to feel from the game as a whole. Yeah, title screens are. I feel like it, this is kind of a boomer take, but title screens are kind of dying. Yeah, They're kind that, of. Yeah, that's that's actually one of the things I wrote about as well. Is the like, like Breath of the Wild has one of the worst title screens. It's awful. It's literally yeah. just a slideshow with different pictures of Link, and that's like it. It's not great. Like, yeah, it, it's just a real shame because there's there's some really good um, like mockups of like fly through title screens where it like flies around Hyrule and shows you different areas of it that would have like set the tone for the game so much better. But instead, you just get a picture of Link clinging to a rock face, and that's it. Like it technically shows things you can do in the game, but it just doesn't convey the same emotions or anything. It's like a real shame because there's like there's like little things you can do like that. Like, it's a title screen. Like, granted, some people are going to ignore it, but there's just little things where it's like, make the title screen look nice, and it really helps the game overall. Yeah, especially on first impression. Yeah. Uh, Because I always remember the first time I look at a title screen and the last time I look at a title screen. I mean, I don't remember a whole lot of changes in between, but uh, one of my favorite title screens is is Half-Life 2, because it... it, Yeah. It... it And this is not... uh, I guess it was a new thing in 2004, but it it moves along with you when you play. <laughs> no, well, they they did the same in the original Half Life as well. Did they? They definitely did it in Source. So maybe they didn't do it in original, but they definitely did it in Source. Yeah. Okay, I didn't pl- I didn't play Source. I played the original Half Life one, and I don't remember that okay. happening. Maybe it was something they added in Source then, but. I know, I know, we've seen it. That's all. <laughs> but that came out around the same time, anyway. The source version, so you might just be right. But that that one, I always remember Half Life 2's title screen, especially that that very beginning. Um, but I, I really do like mm-hmm. title screens where you come back to them after the credits, and they've they've changed in some way. That's always fun too. So uh, again, that's another thing I wrote about because, uh, especially at the time, I just finished Xenoblade Chronicles. And that does that. I won't spoil what it does, but it changes the title screen after you finish the game, and it's really nice. Portal 2 is another really good one that does does that. Man, remember when Valve, like, made game? Well, they did. They got Alex. I Have you played, have you had a chance to mess around with any VR at all? I have, I have a PlayStation VR. Um, but I literally... I bought it, set it up, played with it for, oh, say two hours mm-hmm. the day I bought it, then put it away, and it's been in the box for the last two years. Did we talk about this on the last podcast? I think we might have. Yeah, I think we did. Either way, I would <laughs> like to get into VR, but it's just, it's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive, yeah. I don't really want to pay Facebook either, which is actually something I wanted to talk about a bit later anyway, so... Um. Yeah, I, I have a friend who has one of the newer HTCs, and messing around with mm-hmm. that is is pretty fun. But I think we did talk about this last time, so I won't stay on it too much. That's fine. Like most of last month's podcast between me and CC was just me rip, like saying things I'd already said again. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, riveting. Yeah. So the reason I brought up the game you had been working on is because since then I started using Twine a lot, like messing around with something. Because um, there's a game idea that I had for a while. And it was actually, um, 
I mentioned it in the last podcast, but it's based on one of the lines from um, Goonies versus ET. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's there's a there's a line in the song. Um, I, I I don't know why I always forget it. It's not that I forget it. If I'm being blatantly honest, I remember it perfectly well. But I become so unsure in the moment that I'm getting it right that I never want to say it. I'll just bring it up again to make sure. That was it. Okay, right. So it's maybe if I had another chance, I would give another chance to you. If I make another wish, I would wish for a wish for you. Oh yeah, is that the hook? Yeah, yeah, that's good. It is, <laughs> but it just set off this like path in my head to like this like full game and everything. The issue is, is that it's quite a large scope, like the game that I want to make and it's only me so i at the very least wanted to get something done so i started working on the like prologue chapters of the game in twine and i really hate twine (laughs) i just hate twine so much like why are there so many compilers and why do they all have different rules like why do they have three different forums and two of them are closed but when you just Google something, it just gives you a response from the last time someone Google, like from the last time someone asked the question on the forum. You click it, and then it goes, "Oh, well, this forum's closed now." So it sends you to the new forum. You Google the same thing, and then you find out that that forum's closed as well, and that sends you to the next forum. And then that forum's like, "Well, which version of Twine are you using?" I'm like, "The one from the Twine website." And they're like, "Well, which one is that?" And I'm like, "I don't have a fucking clue." Like I've started using this like a week ago. I just know it's Twine. I got it from the Twine website. Which Twine is it? But there's like there's Twine, and then. There's Sugar Cube, and there's another one called Sugar Something, which people get mixed up between a lot. And then there's Harlow, and I'm just like, I don't fucking know. It's whatever the Twine version is I'm using. Is that common with like open source programs like this, though? Is that or is that it? It may well be, but it is not something I'm familiar with as a like, like I all of my programming has been like there was like basic programming in fucking Notepad like html stuff yeah. like you just wrote code in notepad and then opened it in a web page and it worked and that was i it. remember doing some of that yeah there's a dreamweaver for basically the same thing but it just like showed you a bit more about how to use like um like css and shit then there was uh a thing called delphi which i used to do pascal programming then there's xcode for like apple stuff for like um see what was it Objective C, that was it, and then Unity, which I used JavaScript and C Sharp in, and then Unreal, which was C plus plus and blueprints and stuff. Like, so I've only ever been used to like pretty much just working on that one compiler, and it was always just like how to do this thing in Unity, and that was it. Right. Whereas when I'm like how to do this thing in Twine, and it gives me like six different compilers, and all of them have different rules to it, and I'm just like, can you fucking not, please? All I want is. I want to know how to go back. That is literally it. I know that there's the menu buttons. I know those work. Those but... move the game state, right? Yeah, that, like I, we've spoken about this previously. Like they move the game state, which means if you change the game state on a page and then click the back button, it reverts to the previous state. So it doesn't include the things you've done on that page. Whereas if you've got a button that goes back to the last page, it again updates the state as it moves. But couldn't you so that's just, better. Couldn't you just integrate that as some as a link that says back? That's what I'm saying. You're supposed to be able to, but it never fucking works. 
So the way it's supposed to work is that you do like the way that I've seen most commonly explained is that you do back and then in the um you know where you set your links up, you right. just like like a word and then point it to and it's a thing called I think it's previous and then uh, brackets just open close brackets mm-hmm. uh, which is just calling a function called previous that runs in javascript and it just gets the name of the last thing you came from that's what it's supposed to do but the twine compiler that i'm using at the very least just keeps ke- creating a new page called previous so yeah. it doesn't actually work that um... and there's just loads of little things like that and the little issues i keep running into like that are the things that are desperately putting me off actually working on anything like because I, I know you had like a similar experience but <laughs> that was also kind of my fault when it came to coloring links yeah <laughs> we yeah. were talking about that yeah that was like explicitly my fault but if i'd never suggested coloring links you probably wouldn't have looked at it ever but see this is this is very interesting because we're coming from twine at kind of two different directions yeah um and, and like like you're coming at it from much more of a, a a bigger knowledge base of coding than I yeah. ever have, and I'm coming at it as like, oh, this is just a neat writing tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I I don't experience that. I, I mean, I I've had some frustrations with the different versions as well. Yeah, but. I haven't ever been doing anything super high level in it. I've just kind of been dicking around. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so the system that I want, it's good for yeah. dicking around. Like I was having fun with it until I got to this point and I was like, Nope. Um, so the only thing that I want is I want to, like, do you remember when we were talking, I was talking about how you could have different colored links and the links would send you to different places based on the context of that word. Right. So like, Say if you wanted just like a flavor link, it would send you to the flavor page and then you come back to it afterwards. So that works perfectly fine. You can like manually like hard code that to send you to the page and back for anything that will only ever be useful on that one page. So like if you're like you enter the room, there is a chair. You can click the chair and read about the chair. If that is the only time that will ever happen, you can hard code that in to say this chair takes you to this page and this page takes you back to the first page and that will be fine. The issue is when you're in situations where, like, in the game I was working on, there was, like, a character who comes with you. So I wanted to have just a system where, just in case you ever, like, came back to it later on or something, and you couldn't remember, you could just click the person's name, and it would take you to the description for them, and then you just come back afterwards, and that was it. But when you're doing that on multiple pages, you like, every time they appear, and it sends you back to the same description page, and then you come back again each time. All I want from that is a system to just come back. But like I said, the system that exists changes the game state, which I don't want to change. Like in this situation, it is actually technically fine, but it just it's better practice to not do it. Essentially, right? right. Um, I just I just want this, and I don't get why it's so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just it. Like this this is actually honestly one of the reasons why I stopped doing programming as much and moved on to like visual programming systems because that's just easier to like. You literally just drag a box and like. If the box connects and it works, it works, and that's it. It's honestly one of the main reasons I stopped is because, like, Googling shit, and it's like, I'll write these 10 lines of code, and you write the 10 lines of code, and then it doesn't work, and it's just like, oh, well, I don't know what to do. It works for me. And it's like, oh, fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never... I've never excelled well at, at the brain processes that it takes to do 
coding, I don't think. Mm. I mean, I could if I applied myself, but it's not something that I feel like I would enjoy applying myself to in a lot of ways. That's fine. Programming is interesting and it can be fun, but a lot of it is just like, a lot of it is just very daunting to get into a lot of the time. And then there's times when like stuff like this, where just like the tiniest thing will just become the most frustrating thing because you can't get a straight answer. And if you can't deal with that, you probably shouldn't keep programming. And (laughs) a lot of the time I can't deal with it. And that's why I stopped. Like I say, I stopped. I still delve back in every now and again, as I'm clearly talking about now, but it's that sort of thing. Like just little bits you'll get so frustrated about. And if you can't get over that frustration, you probably shouldn't keep programming to be honest. Yeah, and that that was kind of what where I, I I mean I just felt like so, so to give you some reference I I had a a family member my grandfather who was like kind of a, a computer nut and he hooked me up with a basic compiler at about age eight and expected me to learn an outdated programming language when I was in like third grade. <laughs> and that, that has kind of soured me <laughs> for a while. As a quick side note, if you ever learn programming and you learn things like that, those sorts of people never run out of jobs. It's really weird. It is like people like me who only know like sort of like new level, like high level languages are actually surprisingly easy to find. It's the people who know low-level languages or like old languages and stuff. Those people are so hard to find; they are never without work. So, if you ever do get into programming, learn Fortran. I learned a bit of JavaScript through school, um, mm-hmm. and a bit of Python through just my own stuff. But that's all. Fortran is like a, a assembly, like yeah, that's what makes it. Yeah, that's sort of like old shit. The, the, the programming is essentially measured on, like when I say levels, it's essentially measured on levels of abstraction. Right, right. So the lowest level is literally binary. Um, and then you get the next level above is like assembly and then it's like Fortran and like it gets progressively higher. Yeah. The the term, is, the, the level of abstraction comes from the lower level you are, the harder it is for humans to understand, but the easier it is for computers to understand essentially. Mm-hmm. And essentially what every compiler does is it kind of runs down the stack. Yeah, it translates So you that. write, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like it, you write in this really high level language and then the compiler just works out how to run it in each lower level language. Like not exactly, not really, but basically mm-hmm. runs out, works out how to run it in the lower level languages until it runs in the binary and then goes. So yeah, though. So the most people now though, again, only learn the high level languages. Because they're the ones that are like easier to get into, like the ones where it's literally just writing words. Yeah, and they're the ones that are the most interesting or easy to pick up. And yeah, exactly. The ones that are taught in high school courses, like in my mm-hmm. case. And I didn't yeah. do bad at it in high school. I had other people. One time I had somebody give me $20 to fix their code, and their <laughs> code was fine. They just, it just wouldn't run because they forgot. Um, to put like a semicolon or something yeah yeah i think it was on i think it was even on a comment it wasn't even like on a <laughs> on a run yeah. and i i mean i i 
fixed it and, and took the twenty dollars still, but yeah. Oh, you would, wouldn't you? Right. Do you want to get into the news then? Let's get right into the news. That was enthusiastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I realize I should explain. Maybe if you've ever listened to the podcast before, this time we're doing a new section because I felt like it. Because there's been some news recently. There's been a lot of game announcements. There's been, you know, we didn't get an E3 this year, but if we got everything that we've had drip fed to us at an E3, it would be a really good E3. Yeah, it would have. Um, like a lot of people are celebrating the death of E3, but I'm I'm going to miss it. I mean, I'm. I wouldn't mind if E3 just became like all Nintendo Directs kind of stuff. Yeah. That's fine with me. Yeah, that's fine. But I like getting it all at once and having that week yeah. and be excited for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. exactly. Um, this is like constant blast of game news is great. I I have no need for the the actual physical convention for E3. <laughs> or for physical like trade shows. But I, I do, I do like that shotgun blast of announcements. Yeah. That... I, I would miss physical conventions and stuff. Cause like I go, I usually go to Gamescom every year. So like, I'd miss it if that went but... Gamescom. Yes. I'm, I meant specifically for E3. Um, <laughs> I don't, I kind of stopped caring about what actually happened at the physical convention a while ago. Yeah. Fair enough. I think most people do, to be honest. I think in Gamescom is a is a little different in it's, in certain ways. Yeah, it's the largest gaming convention in Europe, definitely. Like last year, the last time I went was like four hundred and forty thousand people over the course wow. of five days. Yeah, it like my friends and I worked out at one point about how much money it brought in, and it was like close to like three billion euros, just based on. Based on like average, like we averaged out about how much each one of us spent and just averaged out that across like every single person who went. Mm -hmm. But then we also took into account like we were, we found out how much it costs to rent the space in the halls. Right. And it was like a thousand pound a day per like table. And that was just for the indie booth. So like the, the big like PlayStation area is going to be like even more expensive, obviously. Right. So like just, just sheer amount of money that that brings in is insane. Yeah. And I think conventions like that or, um, packs that have mm -hmm. more, at least uh, definitely packs compared to E3. E3's focus is a lot less off the indies, a lot less off stuff like that. And more on the big companies. Yeah. But it, it seems like to me that Gamescom and packs and all those have, um, a lot more opportunities for smaller developers to show off. And for people to get to play new things. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I like going is just because the queues still get pretty big, but even then, like I've never I think the longest I've ever queued for anything was about three hours. Which is a long time for sure, but like over the course of five days queuing for three hours for one thing wasn't really that bad. Yeah. What was it for? Do you remember? Uh yeah, it was Rage Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I I didn't want to, but my wife really wanted to play it. And we queued for three hours and we played it and it was awful. And that was the end of it. It was just a complete waste of time. But I did queue for Darksiders 3 at one point as well. That was a different year. That's not bad. Um, it, well, my wife got on 
they're called stations. She got on one of the stations and the control was broken, so it just didn't work. <laughs> and it was just like, this is like the, poor, the most poorly set up thing ever. And we'd queued for like two hours to do it, and I really needed the toilet, but I couldn't go because we were at the front of the queue, and it was, oh, it was fucking awful. Like, it was fine, but... That sounds rough. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, this still isn't news. Still, no, no news here. <laughs> right. Do you have a particular favorite piece of news? Actually, right, no. I have a favorite piece of news. Yeah. Not because it's a favorite piece of news, but just because it doesn't really flow into any of the others, so I'll do it first. <laughs> okay. Right, so, if you listen to last month's podcast then you'll know that I like Pendulum. And Pendulum are releasing new music, and I'm pretty excited. It's their first new music in 10 years. And they've been like, they split up in 2012, got back together in 2016, but only did sort of like live tours, and now they're releasing an EP tomorrow. They released the first track of that today, and it's drum and bass. That's pretty much all I've got to say. I've, I've never listened to Pendulum. I've... Yeah heard some people talking about this hmm. i'm gonna have to check it out because i so my main thing is i like pendulum because they're drum and bass but they have the sort of like they have this like rock centric vocals mm-hmm. um so it's the blend between the two that really gets me um the first track that they've released is just the drum and bass stuff so it's still good like it's i still like it well, uh, like that's the that's what I'm getting at is like literally almost every track. Like there's like a fifty fifty split of tracks that I like and tracks that I don't like. Uh, don't like is a bit heavy, but like you get what I mean. Like it's basically every track with like vocals and like a normal like sort of like verse chorus shit. Those mm-hmm. are the ones I like, and then the rest of them are drum and bass purely, purely the instrumentals, and that's like it. And that's just not really my thing. Um, it's still good. It's still Pendulum. If you like Pendulum, you're going to like this. But I'm really excited for tomorrow to finally get some actual like new music out yeah. of them that I care about. That's cool. Yeah. I I have not been keeping up with new music at all. I've been going deep into the Grateful Dead, country music, all sorts of weird rabbit holes that I, I live in recently. The other day I was listening to the Ape Escape soundtrack. Um, uh, so <laughs> I, I have I'm, like no familiarity with Ape Escape. So I, I don't either. I just, I had a, <laughs> I've never played it. I just had a um, like relaxing PS1 music compilation okay. playing. And then I heard a really chill. It's, it's got an interesting kind of, it reminded me of um, Animal Crossing, like the first mm-hmm. Animal Crossing. Because yeah. the rest of the Animal Crossings, or at least after, like, New Leaf and New Horizons, my issue with their soundtrack was that they were... I, I found the soundtracks very relaxing, but they were a little bland. So, like, the original yeah. Animal Crossing had that kind of weird drum machine feel to it, but yeah. it, it was very, like, simple and felt like one dude kind of made it which is probably true yeah um and i really really dig that and i wish some of that would come back that just that kind of bouncy drum machine vibe Mm -hmm. because if you go back and listen to like 1 a.m from the original animal crossing it's so different than like the jazzy piano 1 a.m from uh new leaf or one of the later ones yeah okay it's speaking of PS1 discs. 
Yes. If you like the music from PS1 and PS2 demo discs, you'll like Pendulum. Okay. Because <laughs> it sounds a hell of a lot like him. Okay. Like, the the second album Pendulum did, I was talking about this the other day because I listened to it for the first time in a while, it basically just sounds like a PS2 demo disc. <laughs> like, you could you could choose like half the tracks on that album and it'd fit on one of those discs and you would not notice the difference. It's like almost perfect. That sounds pretty good. I might, I'll have to check that out then. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Like, first album is very drum and bass. It's got some good songs. I'm not really a big fan. Um, second album is sort of more of the mix between rock and drum and bass. Third album goes even heavier into it, and then they just stopped. So hopefully we'll get back into it now. Hopefully it'll be good. Yeah. Right. Uh, next up... Do you have a preference for where we go next? No, I mean, if you want to go down the list or just talk about... I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this. Okay, cool. Since it's your podcast. Depends. Do you want to hear just me talk for a bit more? Or do you want to talk to me too? Are you talking about the RTX, the uh, graphics card? Yeah, pretty much I was going to say. Because if I get that out of the way, then we can just have a conversation for the rest of it, basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do that. All right. So... Next piece of news, the RTX 3000 announcement and 3080 released today on the day we're recording. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get one. That's my news. That's the news. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't really keep up with hardware news. Um, I yeah. should, I but I, I am too poor yeah, for like it. It's, it's just not everyone's <laughs> thing as well. That's like, true, just yeah. like, like raw numbers is just like, if, if you have no frame of context, it just doesn't matter to the most people. But basically, I wanted to get one of the 20 series GPUs because like, they have the ray tracing and they're more powerful than what I had. But they were prohibitively expensive and just not worth it to me because mm-hmm. I've got a 1080 Ti and that was the best of its generation. And it's still pretty good now. Like, it's still better than what a lot of people are running. Um, the issue is, is that my CPU, more than anything, is actually quite old at this point. Like, and I'm just running into issues with my computer. So, like, each one of my videos is half an hour long and takes me around 45 minutes to an hour to render. Mm-hmm. And it's literally just me playing a game. Like, a, like there's not, like, huge edits coming to it or anything. Like, you know, um, you know the game of the year? The, sorry, the game of the decade video. Right. That's, that's that, like an hour and a half long, right? Yeah, that's an hour and a half long. It took 13 hours to render. Yeah. So if I can get a new computer that won't take that long to render that file, that would be great. So I was planning to build a new computer anyway. Um, I was originally planning to build one last year, but then that would have meant buying a 20 series GPU. And I was like, it's not really worth it because mm-hmm. I want to keep this one together as well and just build an entirely new one. Um, and I knew they'd probably be releasing the 3000 series this year. So I waited and it turns out that was a really good idea because so far, the cheapest GPU that they've announced is the 3070, and the 3070 is basically equivalent to a 2080 Ti at a third of the price, close to, at least. Um, like a 2080 Ti is, depending on which version of it you buy, somewhere between 1000 and £1,200, and this is 500 and it's like equivalent power, wow. whereas the 3080 is more powerful, and it just ends up being basically twice as good as what i've got now 
that's just how it works. And it just works out really good for me that I waited. Yeah, uh, I've... (laughs) (laughs) There's... um, I've always been interested, because all my friends have done computer building stuff, and I've always been the type of person... Like, there was the Apple announcement earlier this week, and I just couldn't care less about it, because I have... I have a phone that works and I yeah. don't need a watch. I don't need a new iPad. I have a laptop that gets the job done for most of the stuff that I want to play. Mm-hmm. And cause so much, so much of the stuff I play now isn't resource heavy. Um, so much of the stuff that I play now is, is weird stuff. I've been playing like hypnospace outlaw recently is one of them. Um, yeah, I saw that. And, so I, I I don't have a need for for any of that, but it's cool. I I find I still find it cool that people are really into that stuff. Yeah, like I I honestly didn't used to be into it. Um, I only got in like I actually got into it at the worst time. Mm-hmm. I got into computer building after I built my computer. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like when I bought my computer, I was one of those people who spent. Like, I was like, oh, I want to build a computer. And I bought what I thought was a really good CPU. And to be clear, it is a good CPU. But at the time I bought it, it was already a year old. Which means now it's like six years old. Right. Um, right. One of the things that really gets me is when I was first planning on building a computer, I was planning to get a 980 Ti just because it was like the most powerful one at the time, basically. And I was one of those people who got so hung up on all of the different models with the like like 100 megahertz different clock speeds on each of them right. and i was like so paranoid and i was like getting like legitimately upset by like what if like i buy the wrong one and that comes from not knowing what you're talking about to be honest <laughs> so after like in the end i bought one because it was cheap that day and i was like hooray so i bought it put it in and it worked and basically as long as you buy the GPU, it will probably work. And that's kind of how it works now. It turns out that what's a hell of a lot more important than clock speeds is whether or not the fans are good on it. So, like, it's the sort of thing where, like, at the time, I was, like, so fixated on this, like, shit that actually means nothing. And now that I'm into building PCs and stuff, it's a lot easier to be, like... Like, I, I've helped a lot of people, like, build their PCs and, like, have, like, talk to them about their issues and stuff. And, like... When you actually know what you're talking about, like so much of the stuff that feels like it's a big worry are just nothing. Um, yeah. So like just being able to like be comfortable with like all of this stuff is like so much better. Not to to segue and, and pivot too much, but that's kind of how I was for a while um, when it came to kind of collecting games or having... Because when I was younger, I I really wanted to have like a big retro game collection, and what I realized was I just really liked playing classic Nintendo games, and also yep. that a lot of old Nintendo games really aren't that great. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, you've reminded me one thing that I did do since uh, you were on the podcast last is I actually finished the first Super Mario Bros. It's the first time I've ever done that. How was that? You can carry on now. Oh yeah, um, so. I mean, I, I have an SNES, I have an NES, um, but I've stopped playing them recently as much just because, like, I realize I'd rather 
play the games and I I I'm playing games on my Switch online that I have physically on the SNES just because it's easier and yeah I realize I I don't have to I don't have to play it on a Super Nintendo controller. In fact, I would rather play certain games on newer control, you know, so there's all yeah. sorts of things yeah, that like the purest way or or any any sort of way like that when it's it's when it's always just easier to do what's more comfortable or what what is more enjoyable or what you know do it learn and then do what makes the most sense you know like i have a snes and a load of games and it's like it's like it's on display but it's not set up or anything but i've got my snes mini like next to me and that's hooked up and i can just start playing it wherever i feel like it and that's got a load of games on it and half the games that are on it i already own but oh i like i also finished the first Star Fox game because I hadn't done that previously before. I've owned it for like fifteen years. That one's but rough. It was also, yeah. I I so I didn't know. I didn't know that. I know it's Star Fox sixty four over there, but over here it's Lilac Wars. I didn't know that that is basically a remake. Yeah, like I, I just didn't know that because I played Lilac Wars for years, and then didn't had never gone back and to Star Wing. It's a much stronger game too. Yeah, it's it's really good. Star Fox sixty four is is so good. Um, <laughs> I I also think that um, Star Fox Assault gets a bad rap. I really liked Assault. Is that the DS one? No, Assault is the one that came out on the GameCube. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was originally called Star Fox Armada, which I thought was a better name to be honest. But Assault was pretty good. Every time I forget that there was another Star Fox in the GameCube besides the one that Rare yeah. did. Yeah, a lot of people do because like it didn't really get talked about. And even when it did get talked about, it wasn't it didn't do terribly, but it wasn't like particularly highly reviewed or anything. But there's like there's literally like it's it's a surprisingly dark story. Like there's a bit at the end of it where like the you have to have a like a dogfight with the reanimated corpse of your father. <laughs> like it, the game's like really what? dark. Yeah. I know. It's really good. The game is really good. And it's like surprisingly dark at times. And I just think it gets a real bad rap. Like the game Um, you know oh, what's he called? He's a member of um he's a member of Star Wolf. The the monkey ape one who yeah, is the I can't think the of the nephew of Andros. So Star Fox Assault starts with him being killed. <laughs> Like the first mission is a, like this alien race come and invade and they like murder him. And that's like the start of the game. Name's like Andrew or something. It's something like really weirdly like a you got like Star Wolf and Pigma and Andrew. Hmm. I think I oh, think it, it is, is Andrew. This game is also the game that introduces to Panther Caruso. Oh, it's, it's, it's really good. Like I think it's a shame that people don't appreciate it as much as it is because it's actually a really good game. How do you feel about um the platinum one, the for the Wii U? Did you ever play that? I'm trying to think how much of it I played. I did not play very much of it. I didn't like how it controlled at all. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like the. Yeah. It it and it's a shame because there was some really interesting stuff in there. Yeah, I know of it being interesting. It's it's but- just. Ha- like it forces that gyro controls on you mm-hmm. and if it didn't well, actually, it would be a perfect star fox game i actually found it painful to play like the actual like gyro ended up hurting my hands and yeah. i ended up just not playing it after a bit 
and that's why I stopped because like it was physically painful me to, for me to play it. So I had no desire to ever go back to it. Like I forced myself to play it for a couple of days, and I was just like, I can't do it anymore. That's one of the that's one of the Wii U games that they still haven't re released on Switch. And if they re released it with if they re released it with non gyro controls, I would mm-hmm. I would buy that up. You want to do some news? Yeah, let's go back to news. <laughs> <laughs> you can choose this time. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you what you felt about the Mario 3D All-Stars collection. I am thoroughly disappointed, but I've gotten it anyway. <laughs> I, uh, I, It got announced. I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is a bit expensive. And then I paid for it and ordered it, and it's on its way right now. <laughs> um, and then over the last few days, there's been a lot of stuff coming out about how like the emulation's great. Like I immediately, like straight off the bat, I was a bit like I'm not like super into it or anything, but I was a bit upset because it's the Shindo version. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like no so long gay Bowser, and there's no uh, backwards long jump. And I was like, yeah, not a big deal, really. Like for for me, I mean, it's not a big deal. Like I not going to do speedrunning. Honestly, I don't think this game would have been speed, like would have been good for the speedrunning community anyway. Because so many of them already play on original hardware or emulators. Yeah. Or, yeah. There's already, it's already established. Yeah, like, usually the rules within the speedrunning community is that any official release is valid. Uh, I guess its own category. Yeah, it gets its own category of leaderboards. Yeah. But I don't think this one would have had a big splash to be honest, either if even if it was the original version, just because like people are just like that. Maybe for Sunshine speedrunners, because it's the first time Sunshine has been re-released. Honestly, I'm pretty much just buying this for Sunshine. I just really liked Sunshine. Sunshine is my favorite Mario game. I've never finished it. Uh, honestly, I've never finished... I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think I finished a whole three Mario games. Yeah. Um... Uh, this year, as I mentioned earlier, I finished the original Super Mario Bros. A couple of years ago, I finished what's well, it on release? Uh, Odyssey. I finished Odyssey on release, mm-hmm. and then as a child, I played a lot of Yoshi's Island. Yeah, and I think those are the only three Mario games I've ever finished. So I've only ever finished Odyssey, Galaxy One, and um, Super Mario Three. I think. Okay. So I'm I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I don't. I there's so many games that I haven't finished. We talked about this last week too. Yeah. I'm my desk is set up to where I'm constantly looking at all of the games that I've started and haven't finished while I record this. <laughs> and <laughs> some of my favorite games of all time are games that I've I got to like the very very end when I was a kid and then just dropped. Like yeah. We talked about this last week. Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. Got to the final, final dungeon. Was doing all that when I was a, a kid. Dropped it and haven't came back to finish it to that yeah. extent. I've came back and played up to the Glitz Pit, but... Because that is like a great section. Yeah. So I can see why you would do that. That's that, And that's where I always drop off after that. But it feels like I've finished Paper Mario. It feels like I finished Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy IV, but it's in so many RPGs. I get up to the last dungeon, drop it, and then it feels like I finished it. 
<laughs> yeah. So I don't, and I've experienced ninety percent of the game. So I feel it's like not the last bit. Yeah, so I feel like I can still confidently say that it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I got oh, go on. Uh, so with with the Mario collection, do you think if it included Galaxy Two, would that make it worth the full sixty dollars? Uh, I think it'd go a long way to making it feel better. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just very expensive, and especially considering a lot of the stuff that's come out about it since. And it's not—it's not, it's not a, a remake in any way. They're all just—I em, mean, it's, yeah. it's emulation, right? Yeah, they're all just like, uh, what is it like upscaled, and that's about it. I mean, we got a—we got a Crash Bandicoot full remake. Same with Spyro. We got those trilogies. Those were both completely remade from the ground mm-hmm. up and cost less than than the Mario collection. But I guess name like, recognition goes a long way. Yeah. Well, I'm—I'm I'm like. Like we said, I'm really interested in. I'm mostly interested in it for uh, Sunshine, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But some of the changes they've made to it, like, did you see? Have you seen how they edited the audio for the new controls? No. Right. So what they've done is there's a bit at the very start of the game where Floods gives you a tutorial on how to like play the game. Right. Um, right. They literally just cut out the sections where he says the old buttons. Oh, they've updated the subtitles so the subtitles are correct with the new buttons but they literally just like cut out the like when he says like press the x button they've cut out the word x so he just says press the button same with uh because the gamecube had analog triggers right and switch doesn't it just has the digital triggers so they've just cut that line out completely so he just doesn't say anything uh, apparently that is actually something you can still do though they've just mapped it to a different button so i think it was uh zr because so, the difference was right did you play sunshine uh i i didn't beat it but i played the first couple of levels yeah right okay so you could sort of like hold the trigger lightly and it would spray and you could run right. around right or you had if you held it all the way down you'd lock in place and use it now obviously you can't do that on a switch so what they've done instead is they've made it so zr is locked in place spraying and r is run around spraying i think that was what they did but just like all the little things have changed and it's like some of it's nice like the upscaling's nice but other bits of it just came kind of lazy yeah um it it seems like like when when the rumors started stirring about those games being ported to switch everyone was really excited for it and then once the actual announcement happened, everyone's excitement just kind of dropped. Yeah. M- mine it, definitely, it, because one, I realized I could already play these games on consoles that I have. Like, I I still play my GameCube pretty regularly Yeah, for stuff. Um, so for me, it's not that appealing. But yeah, like my, I feel much the same. I was like really hyped for it. And then I bought it, and everything that's come out since I bought it has just made me go, it's not really worth it now, but I've got it now. Like, it'll turn up tomorrow. Oh, actually, so, speaking of, um, this podcast is actually going to come out as the fa- like the the final video for my week of Mario. So, I'm literally doing all of these games next week. Like, at time of recording, next week's videos are all of these three games. 
Well, that's perfect so, timing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's weird. You're going to get to, like, everyone who's going to get to watch me play Mario for six days and then hear me talk about how much I was, like, not excited to play it. <laughs> it's like, probably not the best thing, but whatever, it's probably done now. Not. Hopefully, I'm totally wrong and I really enjoyed my time with it. I don't know. We'll find out later. Do you want to uh, move on to the the new consoles? Uh, no. Okay. Just because I think we'll talk about those longest. Right, okay. So, uh, we could go quickly into Facebook Killing the Rift. Yeah, I, I actually, I saw you put that on the docket, and I wasn't aware of what this is, because I don't follow VR news a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, so explain this to me what what's the story here facebook had a conference yesterday called facebook connect where they announced all the new vr stuff and they have they also announced at the same time that there's going to be a new quest coming out quest is the standalone headset right so right. it doesn't require a pc to run it just runs vr games natively on it it's got like a it's some form of android that it runs off basically I'm pretty sure it is at least you got like I'm, I might be wrong but I don't think anyone would like think ill of me for saying it probably runs on Android. <laughs> um and the Rift was the the one they had been developing for so long the one, like yeah. the for it was the forerunner for a while I remember in the early kind of when early adopter it was the the key choice. Yeah. So they have announced with this that they are no longer going to be developing PC only headsets. So the Rift will no longer exist. You won't be able to buy it anymore. And the Quest will now... The the Quest already had the ability to plug into a computer and run as well. So it runs like PC versions of the game on the headset. Mm-hmm. But they have, like, all, like I say, announced that they will no longer be making PC-only headsets. And to some extent, it makes sense. I mean, definitely from a, like, sales... There's a there's a certain market that they're wanting to focus on with the uh, with the with the quest. Is that the standalone one? Yeah, the quest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's another thing as well. Actually, is that they've also I think it was a I think it's a lower price. Yeah. 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 It's I just remembered. Um, they've lowered the price of the headsets as well. So they've announced the new one is the Quest Two. I think it's just called the Quest Two. Um, it's got the better screens. Basically, it's like they announced it as like almost 4K because it's two. 2k screens so they're saying it's 4k that's not actually how that works two times 4k 2K. is not well 4k <laughs> is not 2k and 2k 4k is four times 2k but whatever um like it's two 2k screens so like one on each eye um i assume they've made it run a better frame rates so i don't really care about that to be honest like i realize i should but like wasn't super interested in that aspect of the story if i'm really honest about it mm-hmm. but the whole like no longer making pc development headsets like that kind of worries me because like we're just getting to the point where like pc headsets are like interesting to be honest like the stuff with alex that we were talking about earlier and now they want to move away from that completely yeah it's i mean you had that the that kind of early wave of like insert your phone here and cardboard headsets and samsung was doing a lot yeah, with that kind of stuff, and it feels like they're trying to keep that market going. Yeah, essentially trying to bridge the gap between the two, right? Which was what the original quest was for, but it seems now that they've moved from bridging the gap to like making a, a different gap. 
well, it's not even a different gap anymore. It's like, well, actually, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Yeah. It's they're now creating this like massive gap though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be like the VR on your phone, then the standalone VR, then the PC VR. Mm-hmm. And now it is, they're trying to like sort of merge the standalone VR with the like lower level by just making it so much cheaper. And then there is now a massive gulf essentially between basic sort of low level standalone VR stuff mm-hmm. and the sort of like high level, like big people, like the, the expensive VR stuff. It's basically. the same. It's the same distinction between like console and PC. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's, it's marketing to people who just want to buy the thing and play the game, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, I also, I don't know if this is like intentional on Facebook's part or it, it seems like the the Oculus, the Rift had kind of been lagging behind some of the other headsets in terms of, of use and, and attention that it had been getting. And I don't know if that's because they've been slowly planning to um, kill it like they did recently yeah. or, or if that's just... I don't know which which one came first, right? <laughs> yeah. So the there has been a lot of focus on the quest. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Rift S and the original quest came out at the same time. Right, right. I remember. And I remember talking to someone in the Discord about this when it happened, because they were talking about getting one. And I was like, well, why would you get a Rift S instead of a quest? And they were like, oh, it's got a better screen. And I was like, okay. And they were like, and I was like, oh, but that one can run standalone and run on the PC game. So like, surely that's just better. And they were like, oh, well, not maybe because this one's got its own benefits and stuff. Um, so we just kind of left it at that for a bit. And then over time, they've been doing stuff like, oh, well, we're adding this new feature, but not to the Rift S, only to the Quest. And the Quest has just become this better platform consistently just like like getting bigger and bigger on its own. Yeah. And they've just been ignoring the Rift S. I know in America, they've been marketing it on television, which they haven't been for the Rift. All right. So I don't know that because I don't watch TV over here anyway, so I couldn't say if they do or don't. But like, yeah, that sort of thing. Like they drastically seem to have like downplayed the Rift S. Like maybe, I, I don't see why, but maybe it costs more to make. I mean, yeah, but it, also costs more to buy right it's it's more no it doesn't that was the thing oh they're actually the same price oh like now they're really? not. okay now they're not but the rift s and the quest were actually the same price which is one of the reasons why i didn't understand why anyone would buy a rift s over a quest because they're the same price and the quest just has more functionality i i mean it's it's literally just it is a console versus pc thing i think because yeah. if you don't have a i mean the 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 Rift S came with that kind of the pretense of owning a PC that could support all that, you know? So yeah, yeah, that that's the kind of difference between them. If, if you are like going real serious into VR, you would go for that. But I feel like Oculus was, I mean, Oculus was the front runner of this kind yeah. of stuff for, for, for such a long while. And they were the only ones, they were at least the first ones to the market. I believe with this kind of stuff and the first ones to, to put out real test kits and, and all sorts of stuff. And then they just kind of stopped. (laughs) I stopped hearing about it for a while. Then, you know, the Rift S and the, the quest came out and I heard about it briefly. And I think, 
my dad follows a lot more VR news than I do. And so he's, he was telling me, we were, we were actually kind of talking about some of this earlier about that fall of that. And he's like, they didn't fall. They just had a while where they weren't marketing stuff. They weren't pushing stuff out until the, the quest. Yeah. I think to some extent they, there was like before the actual release, there was this big deal about VR. Um, like when it was only really in the hands of developers and you had to like apply for it and stuff. Mm-hmm. There was like this big deal about how it was going to be like a massive thing and then it released and it just didn't become a massive thing. Yeah. It was just okay. And like people liked it and it, that was about it. I've heard so many games journalists say, well, VR doesn't really have its killer app yet. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> and now, is this going to be VR's killer app? Is this going well, to be, you know... <laughs> Yeah, people were saying that about Alex, weren't they? And it did well for the market, sure. But Alex is the the closest we we've we've got to a killer app so far. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that gets me most about this is Facebook are essentially now just leaving the top end of the market completely open. Like, granted, the Rift S wasn't the top end of the market, but they had at least something for people who did want to play with their PC in that. And now, like. I'm not like discounting all the ones that exist in the middle, like there's HTC doing their stuff still. Mm. And then there's the mixed reality headsets that you can get from people. I know they exist. Well, I don't think I've ever actually seen one personally. Yeah. Um, There are things that you can get, but basically now Facebook have just like given up on the PC market and sort of just gone, okay, here Valve, you can have this. Because like the only other sort of like PC dedicated headset I'm familiar with is the Index. Yeah, and that's 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 the HTC, right? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like Valve left, so the Vive was Valve and HTC, um, and then the Index is Valve. Like no HTC involvement. HTC make their own stuff now as well. Like they're still making HTC. I think they're still making Vives. I think there's like a new Vive, but Valve also now make their own Index. Kind of a uh, uh, Nintendo PlayStation. Thing. yeah yeah like valve essentially used htc to gain the sort of knowledge of vr like on the hardware level right and then after they made the first one they just sort of left and made their own one on their own after that but it just seems like i say it just seems weird to me to just completely leave that end of the market totally open when you were not like killing it but you were doing pretty well there and then they've just gone no we just don't want it anymore it's like okay <laughs> i guess you just don't get this money now VR is a really weird market right now. It, it's and I mean it still is in its infancy, so yeah, it's hard to say where it'll be in in ten years because I don't I don't think I mean ten years ago we were barely seeing the the first kind of test kits for the Rift, you know, and we've we've come a long way since then to the point where. I remember seeing a couple at uni. We had some at uni. And I know some people who did develop on them. But even then, it was still pretty novel. Yeah. And that was like going on seven years ago now. Do you want to talk about Nintendo? Um. Yeah, about the the thing today or yeah. just the... I mean, we've been getting kind of a solid drip feed of things. What about... Um, how, do you, how are you feeling about the Age of Calamity? I'm excited. 
I am too. I. The only thing that doesn't excite me is that it comes out literally the day after some really big stuff over here. Yeah, like um, Cyberpunk, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. So we're going to talk about this a bit after, like, probably pretty much straight after we finish talking about Nintendo now. The PS5 comes out on the 19th as well over here. Oh, wow. So I I bought a load of stuff for the PS5, like, spoilers, I pre-ordered a PS5. Um, So I've got uh, Miles Morales, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I will be getting Demon Souls and Cyberpunk all on the same day. That's a lot. And then, I know. And then the day after is Age of Calamity. I'm just like, like, at least, like, in America, you get that week between. Because it comes out on the 12th, not the 19th. But here, all of it comes out on the 19th. And it's just that that week is going to be, like, fucking insane for me. It's going to be a lot, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, I am very excited for Age of Calamity. I really enjoyed Hyrule Warriors. I'm a little bit upset because... Um, I actually really liked Hyrule Warriors on the Wii U because my wife and I played it together. Mm-hmm. And we used the whole, like, she'd play on the Wii U tablet and I'd use the TV. Yeah. And that functionality just doesn't exist anymore, which is a real shame. It's honestly one of the reasons why I never bought the um, Definitive Edition on the Switch. Right. Just because that functionality kind of, it didn't, like, totally kill my interest in it, but I was like, I've already played most of the game and I now can't play it with anyone else, so I'm going to get less use out of it anyway, so I just never went into it. But the, besides that, the idea of like actually finding out what happened during the calamity is pretty interesting too. Yeah, that's that's what I'm really interested in. I've been <laughs> kind of I've been watching a lot of Celtic videos in yes, while I, I've been in yeah. in quarantine, and so I think I'm more interested in Age of Calamity for um what kind of stuff it's. Like, I don't even know if I'm necessarily going to buy it, but I'm still very excited for it. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Especially since there's so many other games coming out. I know. It's ridiculous. And that was a huge problem I had with Breath of the Wild, is I enjoyed Breath of the Wild a lot. I enjoyed Breath of the Wild a lot, but the the story felt like it had so much cut from it or yeah. didn't yeah. exist at yeah it felt like they they had so much written out and i mean they did they had a whole book right the making a champion that had yeah. like this lore and and they did their own kind of hyrule historia for that which i need to find i have the hyrule historia somewhere um i've got two because my wife got me a copy signed by shigeru miyamoto Oh, that's really cool. I also have a yeah. big, thick uh, strategy guide for Breath of the Wild that I haven't looked at in a while. <laughs> I'm looking at all the hardcover books that I have here. Um, yeah. But it's... I'm really excited for this and Breath of the Wild too because there's a lot of promise in those plots and in those stories that there's a lot of stuff there that I think could be really cool for Zelda that Breath of the Wild just didn't act on. Yeah. Like, I, one of my actual main issues with Breath of the Wild was that it didn't feel like a Zelda game to me. It felt like an open world game set in the Zelda universe, if you get the distinction. Yes. You climbed towers, expanded your map, you did, you did your open world stuff. 
Well, and it just it didn't have the emphasis on the story that we usually get. It didn't have the like explicit dungeons and stuff. Like it had like the shrines, but they're not really the same. They all look basically the same. The like the beasts were different enough, but they all like like their actual like internal designs were all very similar. So it was like it was basically like you were doing two dungeons in lots of pieces the entire way through, and it it just. I also wasn't a big fan of the whole quest lines system, like that having like actual quests in a Zelda game. Like I, I understand why they did it, but it was just like it. it it's for me personally, it was in the middle too much. It felt like they yeah. they added some RPG elements, added some different things, and I wish they would yeah. either double down on that and make it even more unlike Zelda, or make it more traditionally Zelda. And I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, Personally, and this might be a hot take, I'm hoping that Breath of the Wild 2 doubles down on that and it becomes like, it goes further from that to become more of an action RPG. The The fighting develops some more. I would love to play yeah. like a character action RPG Zelda game. Yeah. I don't know. Like, personally, I want like more traditional Zeldas because that's just what I want out of a Zelda. But like, when I sit down to play a Zelda game, I want to go through like, four to eight dungeons and do the things in them and then leave and use the power that I got in that dungeon to solve the puzzles for that dungeon and how to get to the next dungeon and like you know that sort of shit see I've never had an attachment to 3D Zelda I've never really enjoyed 3D Zelda that much I've always like I want that but I want that in the top down link to the past style and so if we could get some more games like that I mean we got the Link's Awakening remake um if we could get some more games like that to fulfill that need for me and then make breath of the wild and the mainline, the weird experimental Zelda thing that, yeah. that would be really, that would be cool with me because I've never had that attachment to 3d Zelda. I've never really enjoyed 3d Zelda as much as I did. Yeah. Um, the 2d style. Yeah. I've kind of been the opposite. I've never really had much for the 2d Zeldas. But I've always liked the 3D ones a lot. Like, I, I liked Minish Cap a lot. Minish Cap was great. But I've never been super big on the 2D ones, whereas the 3D ones were, like, where I spent most of my time. Mm-hmm. Like, Ocarina of Time is not the first game I ever played. Like, the first game I ever played was probably Super Mario World. But it is the game that I can... If I had not played Ocarina of Time, I would not be doing any of the things now that I am. Right. Like, it was, like, formative to my life basically so like they've always meant a lot to me it's not even like i don't like i I did like breath of the wild to be clear like i thought it was like fun and like i enjoyed it but it just like wasn't exactly what i wanted i think honestly to some extent like say you got a breath of the wild style like game Mm -hmm. but it had dungeons in as well yeah like if it had like clear actual dungeons but in an open world I would be so much more comfortable with that. I no, I I think that's something I would I would really like out of Breath of the Wild too. Um, if yeah. they could do that and double down on some more actiony, you know, because yeah. combat in 3D Zelda has always felt pretty vapid to me. Yeah, it's it was very important for its time but it never really developed much from that. Oh yeah, Ocarina uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's important to recognize that Z targeting was a huge thing. Yeah. 
But that's what I mean. Like past that, it didn't develop very much. Like we didn't, it didn't gain much depth over time. Right. Like the the most depth it ever got was probably in Skyward Sword, and no one likes Skyward no Sword. Like Skyward so. Sword. And well, yeah. I think it got some some depth in Breath of the Wild with the um, dodging, oh, yeah. Yeah. and and that that was all really fun. I mean, I know this is like the take that everyone has, but man, get get platinum in there. Get <laughs> yeah, get you know, like Just I want throw platinum. What problems it fixes things? Except for Star Fox. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Except for Star Fox. <laughs> but honestly, I would. I want to see more emphasis on um, making Breath of the Wild a fun action game on top of... I mean, but you can't do it all, you know what I mean? You can't yeah. have a huge open world and have huge cool dungeons and have it be a character act, you know? things. Yeah. There's a balance there that has to be struck, so... Honestly, if, like... Hyrule Warriors is cool, but I th- I think that would be the project that you should put Platinum on, if anything, right? Do yeah. There there is an alternate timeline where, uh, instead of Koei Tecmo or whoever does um the Warriors games, uh, Platinum is doing Age of Calamity, and it's a character action game. And I don't know if that's a better timeline or not, but it there it, there is a timeline where that exists. Hmm. it'd be interesting to see at the very least yeah oh yeah i would be more excited for it is what i'm trying to say i think that's fair enough like it's not going to appeal to like everyone and like one of the reasons i'm like most interested in it like i just liked hyrule warriors anyway but one of the reasons i am most interested in it is just because like it's weird that we're probably going to get the most story from this side game like we're going to get more story in age of calamity than we did in breath of the wild probably in Breath of the Wild 2 as well? I don't know. It depends if they keep going the same way. Yeah. Because, like, I understand why they tell the story the way they do in Breath of the Wild. I just don't think they do it enough. Yeah. Like, they tell it in this, like, non-linear fashion, because you can technically go wherever you want at any point. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. But because it's non-linear, it's also, like, completely disconnected from one another. Mm-hmm. And it also... There's like, what, six? Maybe seven cutscenes? And then there's the extra 12 if you go out and find them, but like, you don't have to, and they don't even add anything if you do. Like, the, the, I thought there's a, there's a line at the end of Breath of the Wild where, like, um, spoilers, if you've not finished Breath of the Wild, it's literally <laughs> a single sentence though, so it's not gonna, like, ruin your game or anything. They say, um, uh, your memory doesn't mean anything. It's your heart that matters. Like, some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, what if I get all the memories? So I got all the memories, and I think they had like two extra words for the ending, and that's it. It's like, it provides some extra context for the game, but it's like completely arbitrary whether or not you actually do it, and like, doesn't change much. Doesn't change enough to have felt worth it, to be honest. And I just feel like it's a shame. Like, there's a lot of stuff I wanted from Breath of the Wild that I didn't get. And I actually, so I actually finished the game like the main quest line and ignored everything else yeah and then went back to it a year later and did all of the side content and i enjoyed that so much more than the main quest line because at that point i wasn't paying attention to the story or anything i was just experiencing the world and that was fun but i think the quest the main quest line 
with its like sort of non-linear fashion and it not having the dungeons that I actually wanted and like the the like very little story, it didn't feel worth it to me. It felt like they'd spent so much time working on this open world that they forgot to fill it with an actual interesting game is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like it felt like they'd built systems, not a story. And it's like, it's just not what I wanted. I'm hoping that Breath of the Wild 2 will fix a lot of that because the systems already exist now. So maybe we can get the emphasis on the things I care about. Yeah, it's... I'm glad that we got Breath of the Wild instead of, like, Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword 2. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I, I'm glad yeah. that we got something different. And it was really, like... Everyone was really into it because it was just a Zelda game that was different, you know? Yeah. And there was a lot of interesting things that it did. Um, And I think it was a good launch title for the Switch, but there's, I mean, we need to, we we need to see more innovation with Breath of the Wild 2. It can't just be more Breath of the Wild stuff. Yeah. Although I wonder how are they going to really treat an open world, like how different can they make that open world as a sequel? You know, how, how far off in the. And the plot line is it going to be? Is are there going to be more towns? Is it going to be the same like landscapes, but it's different now? I, I'm I'm very curious to see how that's going to work out. It'd be interesting to see, like, depending on how long after the first game it takes place. Because mm-hmm. um, we've clearly got Zelda now, right? So if it's immediately afterwards, I don't understand how it could be much different. But say it's like a couple of years later, it could be like more widely populated because they'll have cleared out most of their like moblins and shit. Right. And then we've clearly seen this sort of like underground stuff. So oh, like yeah. perhaps perhaps the overworld will be more like well populated with like actual functional towns and stuff, but then you'll have like actual underground dungeons and shit that like have been unearthed be... through something. It could be something. And it'd just yeah. be cool to see. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just completely wrong. But Who knows? We'll find out at some point. Probably 2026. I've decided it's 2026. How long was it between Breath of the Wild announcement and the game coming out? What are we counting Breath of the Wild announcement? Because there was like... The original. Like, it was a long time. I think they said... Didn't they say that Breath of the Wild 2 was coming in 2021? Or 2022? Probably, but... Like I say, they said that Breath of the Wild was supposed to come out in like 2015, and then it actually came out in 2017. So yeah, but they don't have a new um, console yeah. in development. Well, to be fair, they didn't have when they started Breath of the Wild either. They just decided to pull it over halfway through. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. Well, actually, there you go. It might come out with whatever that rumored Switch is going to be. The Switch Pro. Yeah. It's been rumors uh, yeah. of that for years. It, I always forget that Breath of the Wild actually did release for the Wii U. Yeah, I know most people do. So the version that you play, if you play, if you emulate it on PC, is usually the Wii U version because right, it's slightly right. less demanding. So, speaking of Nintendo, there was a direct today. They announced some Monster Hunter games. Yeah, I, I've never played a Monster Hunter. Okay, so. I don't know if this would be a good place to start. It really depends. 
So I played a lot of World, mm-hmm. um, and I played some of Four and some of Three. And if Rise is like Three and Four, I'm not going to be a big fan. So the difference is, is that Three and Four have like segmented areas, essentially. Like you will go into an area to hunt a monster, and then there's zones. And each of the zones you'll have to like, you can search that zone for the monster and then you zone out of there and into another zone and there's like loading screens in the middle and then you like look around there and then to the next one, to the next one. And that's like the traditional way that the games worked. Whereas World, it's one contiguous area. And World is just like, I prefer that so much. Like I know a lot of people prefer how the original ones worked and that's fair. I disagree, but that's fair. Um, I'm hoping that rises more like world in that sort of sense like contiguous areas i would prefer so much and there's no dogs though you can ride a dog now (laughs) it's not been dogs before i don't think so this new one seems to be more it looked faster than any monster hunter i've because i've played the demo for some i think it was three and it felt Mm -hmm. clunky it, it felt slow, and this one looks very kind of character actiony, a little faster than. But I, I don't know how that compares to World. Yeah, so the the thing with Monster Hunter is that it is kind of clunky and kind of slow, and most of the speed that you will see in those things is just from the animations, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like the attacks will look fast, but like. You basically can't do anything while you're attacking. Um, so, like, you'll press the button to attack and then wait, like, 13 seconds for your animation to play out and then you can move again. Um, the, the, like, to give you some example as well, like, in World, World, I think, was the first one where you could drink a potion and move at the same time. Like, in all of the other Monster Hunter games, you had to drink a potion, stand still, wait to finish drinking it. There was also um, There was also a pose you had to do at the end of it. And that was, there was like a story justification for the, like, the potion makes your muscles tense up and makes you pull this pose at the end of it. And it was just like fucking weird. But like in World, you can drink a potion and run around. They added a lot of like quality of life stuff like that in World. And I want that to carry over. Oh, like, here's another example. In the other Monster Hunter games, you need, you can mine for like ores and stuff to make armor from. Um, in the other Monster games, you would need to carry pickaxes with you, and the pickaxes would break, and then you had to like go and get another pickaxe, and then you could do more. Whereas in World, you just always have a pickaxe, and it always works, and it's fine. Like There's just a lot of little things like that that are the things that put me off old Monster Hunter that I didn't have issues with in World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about like playing World. I had a couple friends who were who were really into it, but... It's just never been super appealing to me um, because I've, I've always heard like you need a group of people to play it with and I'm not really much into multiplayer yeah, same. games. Honestly, the first probably 100 hours of World you can do on your own pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And I realize that sounds like a lot, but it's like a 400 or so hour game. So if you're okay with spending like 20 quid and getting 100 hours of gameplay and then stopping then yeah, it's probably worth it. It's like fun and it's pretty easy to pick up. And if you find a weapon you like, you'll just spend your time with that and that's it. 
once you get past that point though it becomes progressively more and more important to actually play with other people and at that point it gets a bit harder and that's actually what killed the game for me is that i got to the expansion late and it was hard for me to find other people to play with and that made it progressively less and less interesting for me to actually play stories though which was the other monster Mm -hmm. hunter they announced that's like a pokemon right that's what i was thinking uh it takes place in the same world well universe not the exact same world uh but it plays more like a pokemon yeah um i know people are really excited about that i know it was apparently really popular stories too right yeah exactly but i never played the original so i'm a bit less interested in picking it up just because that'll bug me otherwise Mm -hmm. uh so there was some other stuff that was announced during this nintendo thing uh there was fitness boxing to rhythm and exercise if you care about that I'm I'm actually really excited for that. Really? No, no, not at all. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was surprised, and then I wasn't. <laughs> um, this guy is six. Do you care? Yeah. Um, I I know people care. I know people care I, about same. that. I know people who care too. I am not one of them. Um, I. Might play Disgaea Five since it's on Game Pass, and I have that. Okay. But I've never, never touched any of them. No, um, I'm literally just going down the list at this point until we find something we care about. Okay, <laughs> they showed off some more of Empire of Sin. It's a mob-themed tactical RPG, apparently. Yeah, that looked really cool. I remember seeing that a while back. Yeah, I remember the original announcement for it. Like, was it E3 last year? I want to say. I think so. Mm-hmm. It looks like a mob-themed tactical RPG. Like, I have very little opinion on this. If I'm being blatantly honest. Yeah. Um, Sniper Elite Four is a game that is already out, but it's now coming to Switch. The Long Dark is also a game that is already out and is now coming to Switch. The fuck is Balan Wonderworld? Balan Wonderworld? What? Yeah, it was apparently in the trailer. I vaguely remember seeing it. I don't remember seeing it. I couldn't tell you what it was. It exists. Go lock it up, I suppose, if you care. I ain't got fucking clue. <laughs> oh, there was Room Factory 5. I, I'm vaguely familiar with that, at least. So that's good if you like dungeon crawling and farming. Oh, yeah. I've always been interested in getting a Rune Factory game, but never actually got around to doing it. Yeah, I've never I've never played any of those kind of games for super long. <laughs> I play them, like Stardew Valley, I played for a long time, dropped. Yeah. Harvest, Harvest Moon, I would play, I would pick up one, play it for a while, and then I, I can't come back to those. Same thing with Animal Crossing. Yeah, no, same. I've not stopped playing Animal Crossing yet. Still played once a day every day since it came out. Just gonna keep it at that forever, probably. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I, I can't come back to games like that for whatever reason. Once I, once I stop, it's. Yeah, no, I think if I stopped, I would never come back. But the fact that I've kept going is what's kept me there. Like the idea of missing a day now makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, that's that's why I I don't come back because I miss the I I do that for a while and then I miss a day. And then I'm like, it's over now. <laughs> <laughs> There's Ori and the Will of the Wisps is coming to the Switch. Yeah, I think we already knew that. We may well have done. 
I'm sure you're right. Or well, we knew that the the because there's two of the Ori games, right? There's yeah. So I think I don't. Is that the first one or the second one? Uh, Will of the Wisps is the second one. Okay, so I think we knew that. I think the first one was already on the Switch. Yeah. So that that might be what I was thinking of. Okay, I didn't like the first one, so I'm not hugely interested. Yeah, I've heard it's not it's not great. I know a lot of people really like it, and it's just not for me. Like it's it's weird because I've always people have always said that it controls really well, and I have the exact opposite feeling. I think it controls really poorly. I th- it might be just because I came to it immediately after playing Hollow Knight. And Hollow Knight controls so well. Hollow Knight, yeah. And the fact that this just... I was doing things and it wasn't working exactly how I expected it to just put me off so much that I just never went back to it. The The only other thing that was announced was that Hades has finally come out. So that's cool. I need to still play that. Um, I haven't checked it out yet, but... Um, yeah, I need to. I need to. Yeah, it's it's on sale right now. Oh, is it? It's got twenty percent off. Yeah, they've got twenty percent off sale to celebrate the final release of it. Oh, that's pretty good. I think that's pretty much it for the Nintendo thing. So, did you want to go on to the final story? Yes, let's let's talk about that. Okay, so the Series X and the Series S were announced with their prices and release dates. Do you, do you want to get one? I might. I might get... I've always played PlayStation because um, mm-hmm. I, I like the exclusives that yeah. come on PlayStation, which is still a big factor for me. But... Yeah. Um, I think Xbox definitely has a good chance this generation to kind of pull back some of the losses they had from the Xbox One. Yeah, I think, like, it's weird because, like, I have, like, no interest now in buying any of the consoles. Mm-hmm. When I say any, I mean the Xbox consoles. I don't really care about either of them. Right. But, like, as a brand, I feel like they're more valuable now. Like, with Game Pass and everything. Yes. But it's weird because, like, to me, Game Pass is what has devalued the consoles. I care less about getting the consoles because Game Pass exists. Because now it's just like, okay, well, I'll just get Game Pass and play on my PC. Yeah, that's 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 exactly my take as well. Mm-hmm. I got Game Pass recently. There's a lot of games that are on Game Pass PC, or that are, aren't, are not yeah. on Game Pass PC, but are on yeah. the console, but that's fine. Um, there's a yeah. lot of really good games on Game Pass PC. Yeah, the, the thing I was waiting for to... Like, because I actually still don't have Game Pass, but the thing I was waiting for was to was when the XCloud finally released. So that I think dropped a few days ago, at time of recording, or the beta for it did at least. Mm-hmm. So you can now like actually stream your games, um, and that is like way more interesting to me than actually like downloading games that like I don't own. Like that, that's always made me uncomfortable because I'm just like, okay, but I want the space on my console or on my PC for games that I own. Right. The idea of, like, downloading a game that, like, I know that, like, I'm paying to play it, but downloading a game and then playing it for, like, a bit and then it disappearing later on because it's come off the service and that just bugs me. Yeah, that that is that is something I was thinking about recently. Like, don't I 
have these files on my computer? Is there a way I could access them even if, but there's licenses and things I couldn't run them with. Yeah. But it's, it's been a really, I've played a lot of games that I would not have played otherwise. Yeah. I think that's probably where it has the most value to me, but it's still just, it's, I understand why people like Game Pass so much, but it's just not really honestly ever been my sort of thing. Like the idea of trying it with xCloud is good. But... Yeah, honestly, the reason I got Game Pass was because was because I had some friends who really wanted me to play Sea of Thieves with them. Yeah, I, I remember you mentioning. And getting Game Pass seemed like a more cost-effective way to play Sea of Thieves. That's yeah, probably true. At least for a little bit. Yeah. Right? I'd do that $1 trial. And then I just ended up enjoying a lot of the other games that I had on it. Including Sea of Thieves. Sorry if you heard that noise. I did. Oh, did you? Yeah, I, I just finished my soiling. Do you feel... Do you feel soyed up now? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm all soyed out. <laughs> <laughs> you could say... You could say I'm thoroughly soiled. I bet, let's not say that. Yeah, one. like I, I shouldn't have said that. Obviously, <laughs> it's done now. See, this is a thing where it's like if I if I wanted to, I could now edit that out, and no one will ever hear it. What I could do is edit that out and leave this bit in of me saying that I edited it out out, so no one will know what I edited out. You'll never <laughs> know. None of you. I don't know which I'm going to choose to do now. It'll be a surprise for everyone. <laughs> yes it really will be <laughs> right um yes though the xbox exists um the pricing's nice at the very least that's cool do they have any good exclusives what i don't even remember um, th- see that's the thing is that it also like depends what you count as an exclusive yeah there are currently no series x or s exclusives at all there are xbox like console exclusives but they're also coming to the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like... No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, there's Xbox console exclusives that are coming to the Xbox One as well. And then there's, like... I don't know if they call it, like, Xbox Family or some shit, but there's Xbox games that are also coming to the Xbox One and the Series X and the PC. Yeah. But there are no consoles just for the Series... Uh, no consoles. No games just for the Series X. And that is another thing that actually like actively puts me off buying a console because I'm like, there is no reason for me to care about it. It's weird because I've been playing, we talked about last week, I've been playing Halo a lot. I've been playing Halo Wars recently, actually, uh, waiting for ODST to drop. And all of these are games that were like very much Xbox games. And I don't even think of them as being Xbox games because I've, bought them through steam or been playing them on pc you know like that's that's one thing i will say is that i am actually like a really big fan of the fact that a lot of xbox games are just being released on steam now yeah like that's great or pc i mean a lot of them even even some of the xbox exclusives for a while weren't even coming to the microsoft store yeah like i'm not a big fan of the microsoft store from being blatantly honest i think it runs pretty poorly yeah no I'm, i'm not either but it's nice that those games are coming to PC in w- whatever form. As a like pure consumer, I'm like, okay, this is now on a platform I care about. I care about more now. Mm-hmm. Like, I care about this game more purely because I can get it on the thing I already own. But as someone who is like, I am interested in this console, 
the fact that there is nothing on it that I want to play means I am no longer interested in the console. Right. Yeah. Like, the only reason I'm buying a PS5 is because it has games on it I want to play. Yeah. There's interesting exclusives, and there's interesting... To some extent, there is a little bit of, um, just, I like collecting them. Yeah. I have almost every console, so I would just want to get one for the sake of getting one at some point. But at the same time, I'm just like, there's nothing on it I want to play. I'll wait until it's like 100 quid in like 10 years, and then I'll get it. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on the Xbox? Uh, I mean, not really. I had more thoughts on Game Pass than on Xbox for this. Yeah. It's cheaper than the PS5, right? To segue in. Oh, yeah. The naming system is bad. I hate it, and it's it's Yeah, the naming console is fucking stupid. I want it to go away. Just give me numbers like PlayStation is. The only thing that I like about it is that the acronym is the sex. It's the Xbox sex. That's the only good thing. And it means that now for basically the next seven or eight years, every time I make a video, it's going to say sex in it, probably. Nice. Yeah, that's about it, though. Is that better than X-Bone Sad, though? Uh, Yeah, the sad was pretty good. X-Bone Sad is, is pretty funny. So that's another thing that I am actually a big fan of with the X-Bone name, is that the Xbox One X, if you take the the first letter of each of the words, it spells Xbox. And I've just, I've always been obsessed with that. I think it's amazing. Um, that is pretty cool. I never thought about that. Like, I, I know it's like, it's like kind of dumb, but I also think it's really cool. It's so dumb, but it's also kind of cool. Yeah. And the sad was a good name. X-Bone sad, yeah. But... Now we've got the sex and the says, and it's just confusing. It's just a mess. I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. Like There was that thing, and I don't know if it was actually true, where they said that the reason they called the 360 the 360 is because otherwise they would be always one number behind the PlayStation. Yeah. And the 360 was a really big number, so it sounded cool. Right, because they didn't want to be placed, they didn't want to be Xbox 2 competing with the playstation 3 yeah well, yeah which is also why they then gave us the xbox one because that will never be called the xbox one i don't C- really competing with the playstation 4 yeah. which is four times a bigger number than than one being what being one number behind is wrong but being two numbers behind sorry three numbers behind that's okay I forgot how numbers worked there, where I thought th- like four was two past one. But no, it's not. That's because you multiply. Yeah. Yeah. Math is, <laughs> is, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So let's talk about something we really care about now. Silent? Unless you... <laughs> Unless you want to talk about the Xbox some more. No, I'm talking about the PS5. Yeah. I have a PS5 story. So Why don't you tell it? So I... Right, so this morning, last night, I watched the PS5 event. I streamed it. It was nice. People came. We spoke for the time while it was on. Like a little bit early in the stream, I was almost accidentally racist, but it didn't happen, so that's okay. Um, Close call. Yeah, uh, there was a a monster in a game, and it was designed to look like an African tribesman. And I was like, this is kind of racist. And then it wasn't racist, but it was okay. I all worked out in the end. Um, Yeah, so... (laughs) I watched the um, 
I watched the stream and like I was talking and you know one thing that's really annoying is that right at the very start of the stream I predicted the prices and I predicted them right but my microphone was turned off so there is no proof that that happened <laughs> um so yeah so watch the stream uh set it up to upload and then I spent spent a bit of time having a look to see if it was up for pre-order anywhere and it was up for pre-order at one place that I try not to buy stuff from because it's game and they're like ridiculously like it's just like overpriced and like usually pretty poor service if I'm being honest so I had a look around and it wasn't up anywhere else at the time mm-hmm. so I went to sleep and then I woke up this morning and it sold out the game it sold out at Amazon it sold out basically everywhere else I looked and I was like great there is one place that I hadn't checked and it was because I buy games from there but I didn't really know if they did hardware and then right. I just happened to have a look and they put out a tweet saying that they were going to get PS5s up at some point point. and I was like cool I'll look so I went on the website and I'd look and they just didn't have anything and then I just happened to guess what the URL would be for the PS5 pre-order um, and it was there and I was like alright because the, the website is like the the website name slash and then the console name and then slash and then like console and then slash and then like some relevant words and I just happened to guess what it would be um which meant I got my pre-order in so I have now spent 615 pound on a PS3 nope no I didn't didn't do that I spent 650 pound on a PS5 and three games <laughs> a I PS3 a, wow yeah, yeah I know I made a picture to commemorate it. Oh, like it is there's some meme from the PS3 about some guy who bought a PS3. Um, is it the it's got no games? No, it was um uh I've got it up Oh, I think I did see that in Discord. Yeah, I, I, I just replaced the the picture of it with me and it says uh, hi, I'm Holden Gatsby and I have and I'm rich enough to buy a PS5 and three games a you. And that was it. But I was like pretty happy with getting my ordering. Like so, what games did you get? You got, um, I got the PS5, just the normal one. I got, a, I got. Which one is the normal one? Uh, the the one with a disc drive. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a PS5 with a disc drive. I got a copy of Miles Morales. I got a copy of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I also pre-ordered a copy of Immortals: Phoenix Rising, just because I wanted it anyway. Um, and it just worked out cheaper to buy it this way. So it was six hundred and fifteen pound, which is. A lot, but mm-hmm. it's okay. It's uh, it's a bit more than I wanted to spend, but I also ordered more stuff than I wanted to order, so it works out in the end. Yeah. So, um, our PS4 games are going to be a little more expensive. Damn it, PS5 <laughs> games are going to be a little more expensive, right? They're going to be about ten dollars more generally. I well, yeah, but no. Oh wait, never mind. You're in the wrong dollars is not applicable but they've been talking about that well yeah but that's the thing is like they've raised the prices in like every other country but apparently not here i'm not really sure why like the the games that i bought today were the same price they always are like there was no difference in price i was a little bit confused because i was expecting the prices to be higher like they had said but it was 45 pound again which is the same as they always cost here i don't know if it's just where i bought them from or what but there's been no price change for me at the very least yet. So hopefully it'll stay like that for me. 
I and I don't know if it's every game or if it's just I know like there was a weird controversy about it, but uh I mean, what are you gonna do about gamers being <laughs> angry? Yeah. I well, think I mean, who's surprised? To to some extent, like I'm bothered by the fact that they're raising prices. And the reason that it bothers me is because the people who I want to give money to when I make when I buy games is the people who make the games. Mm-hmm. I do not give a fuck about Bobby Kotick. I don't care about this is the sound of me trying to remember the guy who runs EA. Wanna say Andrew? I don't fucking know. He looks like a Sith. <laughs> yeah, or or Todd Howard like, or anybody. The, the guy who runs EA. I yeah. Well oh, at least Todd Howard actually works on games. Uh, Does he still though? At the very least he's like head of the department now, so I, I assume well, he at least has some oversight. I, I don't care I about guess he, Patrick he, So Dulland. I know he's someone. That might be the guy who runs EA actually. <laughs> You, you get what I'm saying. Like, I don't care. About I know. It, I know what you mean. I don't yeah. care about the suits. I want to get. I like. I, I want to pay the guy who like programmed the UI system more. But I don't give a fuck about the guy who sits in the back. Like, that's not how it works. What you mean? I mean, like the system, like everything. That's not how any of this works. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I want. And like, if that was what I was paying extra for, then I would be okay with it. Yeah, but that's like, I guess what I'm saying. Like, of course, that's not what that extra goes to in any no. situation like that. And that's, that's awful. It, it really is because, um, especially with, I mean, there's tons of conversations to be had about crunch and development and hell. And, mm. um, have you read, um, blood, sweat and pixels? Uh, most of it. I haven't finished it yet. I got, yeah, I know people don't like what's his name. Uh, the Kotaku guy. Yeah. Um, but it's a good book. Bloomberg now, isn't he? He he does. He yeah. He works for Bloomberg Gaming or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Wait, um, even exists. I'm not sure, but okay. I mean, if there's Forbes gaming articles, yeah, then I, I wouldn't be that surprised that Bloomberg would try and get in that market. But I can't. Jason something. Schreier. Jason Schreier, I think is his name, yeah. The first thing that came to mind was Voorhees, and I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> um, I know people don't like him a lot, mm-hmm. um, and there there is good reason to not like him, and there is bad reason to not like him. Yeah. But it's, it's a really good book. It's a really good uh, book about development hell, crunch, a lot of different things. Um. And you've read it, but obviously for people who haven't, each chapter is shows a different game and the struggle that uh, the developers went through developing that game. So one of them was Naughty Dog, uh, which was a really interesting chapter. They did they had a chapter on Stardew Valley, Witcher 3, Diablo 3. So all of these different challenges in game development and how like corporate top down kind of stuff affects that and it's it's a it's a very good book regardless mm-hmm. of your opinions on Jason Schreier. I wasn't sure if you were bringing that up for a reason. That's all. No, I mean no cuz you you started off have you read this so I thought you were going to lead into something but then it just sort of ended with a recommendation for the book. It's a good book. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good book. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's all. I mean that's all. Well, cuz we were talking about 
paying more and that money not going to people who are really like who actually just working over. yeah yeah for the games like that's it i was like i don't i don't get how you can justify raising the prices for a game after you've just laid off like a load of your staff I don't get how you can justify doing that when you're paying your fucking CEO like 15 million. Like, I don't give a fuck about him getting 15 million. He deserves what? Like, there was a thing about how, like, happiness kind of, like, doesn't scale linearly with monetary gains after about £75,000 a year. So, give him 75000 a year. Like, granted, some people will need more, but I think the people who need more than £75,000 a year, like, are very infrequent at best. Let me see what seventy five thousand pounds is. Oh, sorry, no, I, I actually I said it wrong and then just carried on with it. It was seventy five thousand dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's forty k here, but I just said pounds instead of dollars when I meant dollars. Yeah, so it, like, it's just you don't need it. No, like there is no need for them to be getting that much money, and the fact that they get that much money while people that are working for them like can't afford things that they need to, and then they're like, oh yeah, but actually we're going to charge you more money and still not give it to them. Like that's bullshit. Yeah, it's um, dumb and bad and shouldn't be that way. <laughs> so what we're saying is that we should get rid of capitalism? Uh, yeah, we should collectivize the game industry. Yeah. Um, there was a... Actu- actually, kind of unironically, unionize the game industry. <laughs> <laughs> there was a GDC talk um, by the Dead Cells developers because they are actually a collective... Oh really? They're like a... they, they are they they are a co-op. That's that's really cool. Uh, not an individual business. So they they are then since um, split up with one of their original founders who went off and founded a base, uh, like a, a sort of more traditional company because he didn't like the structure of it anymore. Because mm-hmm. he said that one of the th- one of the issues is that with it being a co-op in the way it was, everyone was getting paid equally, which is fine. But because everyone had the same amount of control it was hard to actually get things done um like they were having trouble like actually making long-term decisions because it was like some people would just disagree and they would vote on it and it wouldn't get clear votes so decisions wouldn't end up getting made so there are like benefits to different management structures but in terms of like payment no there's not like everyone should get paid the same for the same amount of work right that's how that should be and i I think that those when you're voting on, because I don't know how big the Dead Cells team is, but I imagine something like, I mean, Hollow Knight only had, what, like four people work on it? Yeah, I think four, and then they had one extra who did music and shit. So, so I mean, you have that, if you have that small amount of a voting base, I don't, again, I don't know for Dead Cells. Um, yeah, I think it's not much more than 17 for Dead Cells, to be honest, though. Then that structure doesn't quite work the same way it would if you had a much larger number of employees voting on things in terms of it's a lot easier to have a split difference when you have less than 20 people Mm -hmm. or or a split vote i mean um but that's 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 interesting you said there was it was a gdq or gdc GDC talk yeah Yeah. i can try and find it yeah don't worry about that now yeah i'll have a quick look at some point though um, do I go back to the PS5 stuff though? Yeah, so just, we just took a tangent on like destroying capitalism for a yeah, while. Yeah, we. we... <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about some games. Yeah, the important stuff. I know you had the list up, didn't you? I thought I did. Um... <laughs> wow, this is a this list is in like reverse order. 
or not no oh. it's not even in it doesn't matter but um yeah since you went down the nintendo xbox list i'll go down this list ah uh, sorry that was my fault i start I, I clicked something in a video started playing and i got really freaked out <laughs> so uh god of war is back yeah i was relatively excited for that i wasn't actually all that big on uh god of war to i was be honest. i was not either um i felt like it lost its mojo halfway through and the ending was kind of bland like i i liked the ending but gameplay wise i'm speaking oh right yeah okay yeah, yeah. sure it, it could have done with being about 10 hours shorter yes. and the game was only like 20 hours long yes so <laughs> there was a lot of padding like, in there there was a lot, like, the, the fact that there was so many times where it's like, oh, are you about to finish the game? No, you're not. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, like, I, I liked it, but I think I, I ended up liking it more after I left and came back because I started playing the game and then, where did I get up to? Got up to like very early in, like, I think I got back from... Musfelheim, and then dropped it. Mm-hmm. No, that was it. I got I got up to the bit where you're supposed to go and get El- Odin's chisel. Was it Odin's chisel? Whatever the fucking chisel that you end up finding. Yeah, so I, I dropped it at that point, and then ended up going back this year and playing through the rest of the game. And I actually really liked it then. But yeah, like it, it definitely overstayed its welcome to some extent. Yeah i I also felt like that the final boss was not as satisfying as a final boss should be yeah i know what you mean it felt a bit tonally it made like it made sense in terms of the story but it didn't feel like enough oh yeah so here's here's a hot take that i have western AAA developers don't know how to make boss battles (laughs) okay like at all i don't i don't i can't think of like a AAA game a western AAA game that i've played recently that has good boss battles the last one I can think of is maybe Last of Us One with the bloater guys. Then the those in the gym boss battles are pretty cool. I remember there's one in the the gym of a high school. Yes, that 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 one specifically yeah. that I was thinking was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, um, okay. That's that's like the the most recent one I could think of in a. Triple A. Well, I'll take that back. Um, Ghost of Tsushima looks like it has cool boss battles. I haven't played it. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, okay, so... Also, my brain skipped over that when I was thinking of Western AAA games, just because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yes, but no. It has good boss battles. Its final boss is kind of lacking. It's a bit of a shame. Okay. Like, I won't spoil it, but it doesn't it wraps up the story, but it is not satisfying, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's got the same sort of issue that God of War did, where it makes sense that it happened, but it didn't really feel like enough. Right. Like, it didn't give me the feeling I wanted from the end of the game. Actually, right. You know what other game has that problem? Like, really bad, I think? What? It's Titanfall 2. Yeah. It's been a while since I've played Titanfall 2, but it the ending's not amazing. Uh, Titanfall 2 is so good. But I hate that whole last mission. Is the I remember the fight with whatever she's called bothered me. 
Yeah, it's not great. I think it's literally the final fight, isn't it? It is. It's the final fight, and then it just kind of ends with the dude. Spoiler alert, I guess, for Titanfall 2. Yeah. I mean, I guess I won't. It just, it ends in a very weirdly flaccid way. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it... I meant to say vapid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the actual fight does, yeah. I think the story wraps up better. Yes, yes. Like, the extra little bit after the end of the story was good. Um, But that's actually what I was going to go back to a second ago, is that I said that Ghost of Tsushima doesn't end great, and I was kind of wrong. There is... The final... Oh, it's complicated. There's the final boss fight, and then there's, like, an epilogue. Mm -hmm. The epilogue is amazing. Okay. The epilogue is really good. It's not actually an epilogue, though. Not really, because it isn't... You don't want to say epilogue. It's not like a mission that takes place after, like, the credits and everything. Like, you can't get the credits until after you've done this mission. That's not really an epilogue, right? I know, but but what I mean is it's not... The entire game is about, like, fighting the Mongols, yeah? Right, right. You finish fighting the Mongols, and then there is another mission afterwards. Okay. The mission where you finish fighting the Mongols is not particularly satisfying. The mission after that, which is the actual end of the game, that is really good. But when I was thinking final bosses, I'm thinking the like the fight against the Mongols at the end. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's it's kind of like in in JRPGs where you fight the bad guy and then you realize. I mean, maybe not, but in, in mechanically, it's that same kind of vibe where you fight the big bad guy and then realize there's a bigger bad guy. And so then yeah, like, that original bad guy just feels empty, you know, that yeah. or, or um, discredited or, or whatever. Yeah, it, it was mostly just that it was just like mechanically unsatisfying what happens at the end. Yeah. But the actual final section is really good, though. So but I guess I was just wrong. When I think of because I was just thinking of like, what are some of my favorite boss battles? And almost all of them are either from smaller Western games or Japanese games. I'm honestly like, it's not all that big on boss battles. Neither are Western developers, I guess. Like, they're fine. I think one of my issues I've got is that in a lot of games I've been playing recently, like in Control, actually, especially. Yeah. The boss battles are like nothing. And what I mean is that the boss battles tend to be less challenging than normal encounters are. And that bothers me. Like, I've, I've spoken quite openly about not actually being all that big on challenge in video games anyway. Like, that's not what I play them for. But I expect my boss battles to be more challenging. And they just aren't. Like, I'm a little bit unclear on bits in Control as to which bits were added in DLCs and which ones weren't. Was all the stuff with Mold in base Control? Mold was a side quest that was in the base game, yes. Unless they did more stuff with mold. Right, okay, right. So... I don't know. The mold creatures... Like, there's there's mold creatures and you fight a mold yep, boss. That, yeah, that was in the base game. Right, okay, cool. Right, so... The mold creatures were surprisingly difficult. Yeah. The mold boss I killed, like, within seconds and didn't actually realise... Like, the mold boss was so ridiculously easy in comparison to the, like, fight to get to the mold boss. 
And I just like didn't realize that I had actually done it because it took so little time. I think I was in the arena for less than a minute. And it was just like, it was like the end of this quest line. And it was like, oh, fight this boss. And it was like, okay, it's done now. Bye. That was it. There was a whole one boss that actually gave me issues. And it was a time when you fight an old boss again. See, boss design is so weird in a lot of cases like that because it's so easy to either make them really hard or really, like, easy to push over. Yeah. And so finding balanced bosses... Like, that's something I, I came across recently in some tabletop stuff. I had a boss of an adventure that they were fighting and um, our... Um, fighter just ran through him with a sword because he was a wizard and he had but he rolled the the least initiative and so they just all pounded on him while he was the last in the turn and, and killed him yeah. before he could even get an attack in and it was a really cool moment for tabletop but um that's that can easily happen in in games and it feels a lot less satisfying in a video game than in a tabletop game yeah yeah definitely like in a tabletop game it feels like things just happen to work in your favor whereas in a like video game it feels like the there was no challenge at all in in a tabletop it feels like you have overcome and arguably in certain strategic games, like if I, uh, like in a game like Fire Emblem or something, if I just kind of roll through a boss, it feels better than if I roll through a boss in something like God of War or Devil May Cry. I think it's about player expectations in that sense. Right. Like if you're expecting something to be really difficult and then it isn't, it can go to one of two ways. If it's a matter of like, I think I think in, in some extent it's about whether or not you get hit, basically. Like that's what it mm-hmm. would what I, like it makes me think of. Like if I go into a fight in a like, like we'll just go back to control. If I get into a fight in control and I get hit by the boss, but I manage to kill it within like a couple of minutes, like seconds, whatever, I'm just like, Oh, that wasn't that difficult, that was okay. Whereas in a game like Fire Emblem, like you said, if I manage to like arrange all of my characters to kill this boss before it can touch any of us. It feels like I have done really well. Right. It feels like I have managed to beat this thing before it even got a chance to do anything. And it feels like I have also saved myself from potential worse outcome. Yeah. And that happens in, um, uh, slay the spire is another good one recently. Yeah. Um, cause if you get a really good hand, I've like ripped bosses in two, you know, from from really good draws i've also had boss the that same boss rip me into on previous runs before you know what i mean yeah so there that expectation is kind of informed by previous runs and previous experiences since you're playing these bosses encountering these characters with that roguelike structure (laughs) so this was kind of a tangent about boss fights what games do you actually care about from the ps5 event oh (laughs) (laughs) Um, speaking of boss fights, you know what'll have pretty cool boss fights, maybe, hopefully, is Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, I 
was surprised how Western it looks. It's very fantasy. Yeah. It's the I, most fantasy Final Fantasy has been since nine. Yeah. Like and I nine was still I mean I'm not like super familiar. Do you think it's gonna have airships? Uh I don't know. I don't think they usually do. But I mean I have a feeling like they are dedicated to this medieval fantasy style. This might yeah. not this might be a Final Fantasy without airships. Yeah, that's what I was gonna get to. Like I, it doesn't look like it'd fit the world. But they've still got magic and everything, so maybe they got crystals. Yeah. It's, I mean, there you go, it's Final Fantasy, there's crystals. Like I'm not actually like super familiar with Final Fantasy if I'm being blatantly honest. Like I own quite a few of them. Um but the only ones I've actually finished is fifteen and then seven remake. Those are those are two that I dropped pretty early on, yeah. actually. I didn't enjoy them very much. No, I know a lot of people didn't like fifteen. So um, I've played one and seven. Okay. And then I've I did that thing that I do with four, five, and six. Right, that I was talking about earlier with yeah. um I get really close to the end and then I I did that with four, five, and six, beat seven, and then I played through the first disc of nine, and then I also did that mm-hmm. with Final Fantasy twelve, sort of. I did the thing that I do. Um, I always forget twelve exists. Twelve is good. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's very. Yeah. Uh, twelve looks really good for a PS two game. Well, like, I I would. I know they re released it and they really released it on PC and Switch. And, PS4. and I mean to get it. And did they? I think they re-released it for all of the yeah. current generation. But like, I just every now and again, I just forget it exists. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people forget Eleven a lot as well. But that's because it was an MMO. Well, yeah, because it's kind of dead. Yeah. Now, it's not dead, but there's no official servers up. No, but that's what I mean. Like, I like in my head, I'm like one to ten, then thirteen. I just skip eleven and twelve whenever I think that's about a lot it. Of, that's a lot of people. Yeah, because um, twelve is like a single player MMO. It feels like yeah, in a lot of ways, which is kind of how I've been playing fourteen recently, mm-hmm. which is why I fell off at fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the actual trailer for Final Fantasy. So I think this is what we saw at that first PS5 thing because we saw a project from Square Enix. It had a tentative title. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Project Athia. I think this is that. Yeah, probably. Something just... Or, or at least come with very... Like, it uses the same technology at the very least. Definitely same kind of engine, but it looks... It looks very similar, especially in the trailer when you see the Marlboro. Mm-hmm. Um, that enemy looks very similar to what was shown in the earlier model. According to Google, it's not the same thing. Okay. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, this was Project Athia is apparently supposed to come out in 2023. Okay, so that's something else. So, yeah, which might be... I mean, this is like the same as Final Fantasy VII. I'm assuming it's going to be like just an upgraded version of that engine, because it looks very similar. Yeah. Or Final Fantasy VII Remake, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's going to run on the PS1. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to... Um, it's action RPG. It's... It looks more action-y than Final Fantasy 15 was, but you're still 
teleporting around and this is pro i mean it's weird to say like this is probably the announcement that i got the most excited for barring one that we'll get to later but i'm excited for that for a very different reason mm -hmm. um just because even though it, it looks very kind of character actiony a little more than seven i know i keep talking about character action this podcast this is the character well, action podcast, but <laughs> to be fair, that's on purpose. Like, I'm not sure if you're aware the um one of the develop one of the producers from DOC five is working on Final Fantasy sixteen during the combat. Dude, he's got he's even got a big Nero hand. I'm looking at yeah. the trailer now, and he's got a big dumb Nero hand. So I'm that's that's what I'm I'm hoping is that like the combat in fifteen felt very lackluster to me the combat in seven remake felt better but i still yeah. didn't feel great about it so i'm really hoping that this can feel really good yeah i think there was one of my only real issues with seven remake was that there was like little aspects of it that weren't particularly well explained but that might just be me for to be honest yeah but it also looks like there's not a folk there's not like the same kind of party combat it always looks yeah. like it's kind of one-on-one -on -one. Or at least from what they're showing. Unless it's like very similar to fight to fifteen, in which case it's gonna be like a group fight in a group a lot of the time. Yeah, but it doesn't from this trailer it doesn't really look like that's gonna be the case. Which again it, it this is very tentative. Got a it's got a no release date, I don't think. I think they said we'll hear more in twenty twenty one, but I think that's the only thing. Yeah, so it, this is going to be a ways off. Seems like it's a little more, for lack of a better term, edgy. <laughs> yeah, than... it looks it. There's, there's definitely that bit where a like kid gets covered in blood. So yeah, it's pretty edge. <laughs> but I think this could be cool because I found 15 remake to be kind of boring. It might be just be because like 15 is the first one I played all the way through, so like I have bad mm -hmm. feelings for it. But a lot of people are like really down on it, and I've not, never particularly got why. Uh, well, a big part of it for me was I really didn't enjoy the combat. Yeah, that was a huge part of it. Like, I watched I watched someone play it after playing through a ways into it and just being completely bored of it. And I was like, I want to care about the story a little bit more than I care about this combat, so I'm just going to watch a streamer play it. Yeah, but Final Fantasy 16 looks cool. I'm excited for it. Um. People are saying that it could be in the same world as 15. I don't really get... Um, just, like, way earlier, because there's, like, some kind of connection to Arden. I don't really know, though. Oh, yeah, there may be, but Arden was, like, functionally infinite years old, so... Right. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, it, the, the entire story of Arden was that he essentially existed for all of time, so... Right. Yeah. So, but it it, it might be within the same continuity, just much earlier, like well, how twelve and tactics were. Well, that's the thing, though, is like with how old Arden is meant to be, there is like no reason Arden couldn't have existed in like every single Final Fantasy game. Like, I know that they don't like take place in the same world, but you could just say, "Oh, it's like a million years in the future," and like the world has reshaped itself, and just logic it like that anyway. So. That's what I think this one is going to do, but specifically yeah. 215, maybe. <laughs> um, 
because they've they've been kind of doing that for a while. So, um, you know, like twelve had Evilise, which was established with Tactics, and there was a couple yeah. other games in that world. You had Fabula Nova Crystallis, which was thirteen and onward, which is somehow connected to fifteen because it was originally going to be a thirteen spinoff, and then it just yeah. became fifteen. It's oh my god, it's so confusing. <laughs> I hope we see, I would like to see a remake of some other ones, like to see characters besides Cloud yeah, in the Final I... Fantasy VII crew. Because, you know, we've never seen, um, we've seen Cloud like in a, in a lot of different forms and in a, um, in a lot of high res, yeah. you know, like the, the most we've ever seen of someone like Locke or Terra or any of those like from Final Fantasy VI is has been like just art and maybe in like Dissidia or one of those spin-offs. So I would love to see more. So what you're saying is you want ten three. Yes. No, no. Um yeah. <laughs> I want six two yeah. is what I want. Um okay. I want I want I wanna see more of some of those classic characters not as sprites. Like yeah. I was thinking recently um, I would love to watch a Chrono Trigger anime. That'd be cool. Or read a Chrono Trigger manga. Even if it was like some weird side thing or it wasn't like an adaptation. Just to see these characters in a form that isn't SNES sprites. That That's kind of what I want. Okay. How are you feeling about Miles Morales? Uh, I'm like reasonably excited. Um, I'm like, I want to get it, obviously, which is why I paid for it. But yeah, you've already bought yeah, it. But I, it doesn't look. It's not that it doesn't look interesting. It's not that it doesn't look cool or whatever. It's just that right now I'm not like, wow, this is a PS5 game. I'm like, yeah, this is more Spider-Man. I want. It feels like a DLC that got too big for its yeah. riches and had to become its own game. But it's like it is coming to the PS4 as well. Oh yeah. Well, a lot of launch titles are going to be like that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, right now. I'm like, this is cool, I want to get it, but it doesn't feel like the th- reason I care about a PS5. Yeah. Like, I-, I could easily buy this on either, but I'm buying it on the PS5 because I'm getting a PS5 and I want games to play on my PS5. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Same with how I feel about Assassin's Creed, which is like, I bought Assassin's Creed on the PS5 as well. It's like, could have just got that on the PS4, but... Yeah. Like, I'm getting a PS5, I might as well get it on the PS5. I think it's cool that Miles seems like he plays differently. I heard someone say that he's kind of the Nero to Peter Parker's Dante. It was nice to see that he has his invisibility. Yeah, he's faster, but he's a little less versatile is what it seems like. Like, I'm not super familiar with Miles, but the electricity is a a him thing as well, isn't it? Yes, that's something that is yeah. like in that's not like a gadget. That's something that's yeah. inherent in his spider. My my experience with Miles is essentially just the film. Right. Like I'm like the film and the game and like little bits I've picked up from other places, but I, I don't read comics. I don't either, really. I'm only familiar with Peter Parker because like there was the anime uh, the anime fucking hell, the cartoon. Um <laughs> There was the cartoon and then bits I've picked up over time because like I never even particularly watched the films or anything. Like I didn't get into Marvel till the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like 
It's just never really my thing. I'll take that back. I do read comics. I don't read a lot of superhero stuff. I like reading. I could talk about comics for a while, but um, (laughs) there's a lot of really good Western comics that aren't superhero stuff. How about Hogwarts Legacy? I think we might be looking at the same page. Um, Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it's it's fine. Harry Potter's never really been my thing. J.K. Rowling's a turf. What do you want me to say? I mean, yeah, I'm not going to buy it because I don't want to support her, but... Yeah, I feel bad for the developers for <laughs> making a game that... Like, some people are not going to buy purely because the person who wrote the original stuff is a turf. But I, I guess it comes sometimes. They'll probably still make enough money for it to not matter to them anyway. It's one of the avalanches. I was talking about this on my stream the other day when the announcement came. The It looks cool. I'm not interested in it, It, but this is what I want with licensed projects. Give Put me in the world and get me away from the heroes of whatever the original source material is. Yeah. Like a, a lot right? of the more interesting stuff in like the sort of world is, I can't think of a way of wording it. Like a lot of times when you're reading shit, like I'm more interested in how the rest of the world works than I am in like, what is it specifically going on? And like yes. this sort of is a chance to explore all that. So that's cool. At least totally. I, I've said, I said previously, actually, that I would buy it if there was a shit button. Because, <laughs> wait, I, I, that's one thing I do want to know. I want to know how much of this takes from the extended universe from J.K. Rowling's tweets. So, like, how much of it is you can magic away your shit? Well, you can you can do that in Lego Harry Potter if you're riding the unicorn. You can make it shit. Great. Studs. So that already exists. That's amazing. I did not know uh, that. Yeah, it, it, it literally, I'm, I'm, I think that's been a thing in a lot of the, um, Lego games actually that you can get. Fair enough. Just make characters shit themselves. <laughs> I hope it's a thing in Lego Indiana Jones. It's only when you're riding a horse though. Oh, okay. You make the horse. Yeah. But I think you can disappear it in the Harry Potter one. Yeah. Cause that's what you, I mean, that's like what you want to do, <laughs> right? You don't want to just shit. You want to shit. And then disappear it. I want to know how, the, how that fucking works, though. I don't get it. Like, we had a really long conversation in the Discord about this earlier, about how the mechanics of, like, magic in a way your shit works. What, why do they have toilets if they don't use the toilets? And what I mean is, is that, like, they said that... Um, <laughs> I thought we said we were doing no more tangents. I, I said we were cancelling the main topic. <laughs> Not that we couldn't have tangents. Um, okay. The... um. There's the bit, right? So she she comes out and says, uh, oh yeah, so wizards could magic away their shit. They just shit where they stood and magic it away. And you're like, right, what the fuck? Um, but then we also know that they installed and built toilets in Hogwarts when it was founded because that's where the um, Chamber of Secrets exists. So Salazar right, installed right. the Chamber of Secrets and made the secret to get into it, the fucking toilet. Yeah. Why would yeah. they have installed toilets if none of them used toilets? So here, here's my theory, right? I think for that to work, the on, it would have to be, the, the stipulation would have to be that the only way you can magic it away is if you did it before it came out of you and it was really painful. Okay. Right? Yeah. So it was it was a better option to install toilets 
because it would be less painful. Okay. I right. I think I prefer the idea that you can shit wherever you are and magic it away, but it has to have a place to go. So they just built toilets and systems. Like they built an entire working right. sewage system, and the entire thing was you took a shit wherever you were stood, and then magic it into the toilet, and then just f- remotely flush the toilet. It probably takes less effort to like cast a spell than it does to just go to the bathroom. Yeah, or it takes it takes more effort to cast a spell rather than to just go to the bathroom. I suppose it depends where you are. I guess so. And also, like, it means you like don't have to ever get up. Yeah. Like, if you just, like, 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 what if you, like, feel really ill and you're in bed and you just don't get up? Sure. But then you have to, like, bring attention to it, right? It depends how quietly you can cast spells. Yeah. But also then you have, like, I mean, why? I don't like that this is, where where was the poop before? What was, is there a poop dimension? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, where did it go? Is there like, or do they? Does it? Is it erased from existence? Like, or it has to go somewhere, yeah, right? Exactly. You can't just destroy matter. Right, like, magic doesn't work that much well. Well, we don't know that. Maybe, maybe, right? Maybe they magic away the shit, right? And they convert it uh-huh. to like energy, like pure energy, and the pure right. energy of the shit is what ma- powers the spells. So, so you're 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 proposing. That the the wizarding world of Harry Potter is completely shit based. Yeah, like like wizards actually truly don't have any power that normal people don't. It's just that they fully understand how to utilize all of their shit. But then, how did they get the original magic energy to magic away the first shit? Well, no, one guy just had a shit one day and like like did something magic by chance, and he was like, "Well, the fuck," and then he just like. <laughs> Every time he took a shit, like, I don't know, like, poked it with a stick or some shit until it started working. Right, it was a wand that chose him. Yeah. Right? And he, he, okay. And then, like, he just happened to be able to teach other people how to control their shit powers. Over years, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then eventually we got this whole, like, and it's actually like a, it's like a, a, a choice for them. Like, it's not actually that some people are born with the powers and some people aren't. It's just that, like, they're really picky who they care about. So they just like send letters out at random, but not to everyone because it's like an exclusive club of shit controllers. I this this I don't this really ruins the term mud blood. Yeah, it's kind of in Harry Potter when there's. <laughs> well, it's weird though because if you think about it, the mud bloods are actually the purer ones because they're the ones who aren't like don't have the shit. It's true. They have like less shit than the ones who have shit. So they it's have true. cleaner blood. <laughs> They have less shit in their blood. <laughs> I've got to send this to my dad. They have, they have, they um, they have less bloody shits. <laughs> um, Resident Evil Eight yeah. Village. Um. <laughs> I'm glad you did that because I was about to do the same. Um, um, um. <laughs> Uh, there's there's reason now for me to play resident evil 7 
I suppose. So, so you can play Resident Evil 8. Yeah, I haven't played 7 yet. It's free on Game Pass. Oh, okay. Oh, actually, speaking of, Game Pass is currently free for three months if you have Discord Nitro. So, oh, I don't. Yeah, I, I might just get a month of Discord Nitro because it comes with three months of Game Pass. And it's the PC Game Pass. So, like, that's just good. I had no idea what this trailer was at first um, because it came right after Black Ops. Yeah, yeah, it did come quite immediately. And then I saw the dudes with the guns in the masks, and I'm like, it's another shooter, man. Yeah, for about, for the first, literally until he said Chris, I was like, I I have no idea what this is. I forgot about Chris. Right. Anyway, it was, it wasn't until the Capcom logo showed up. Right. Because I just remember how weird the Chris design was when we saw the trailer for eight in the first place. Um, Yeah, he shoots her in the head. Yeah. Well, he just, he doesn't look anything like Chris. Yeah, so he said Chris, and that was when I realized what... Uh, I know a couple of... like I know I was streaming it, like I said, and I know the uh, some of the other people I was... I say some of the other people. It was only fucking two of you, and you know who you are if you're listening to this. Um, I only had two people in my stream, too. It's yeah, okay. It's okay. But, that, that, two's good for me. Two's good, yeah. yeah. I am surprised when I get more than one. When I say one, I mean, if I'm watching my own stream, I'm like, okay, if I if that number goes up to two, I'm like, oh, this is a good day. And then last night, it went at maximum up to five, and I was like, wow. And that was, yeah, like, real that's... good for me. One guy came. It was really weird, right? One guy came, said hello. I said hello to him. He said, don't worry, I'm used to being ignored. And I was like, oh, it's all right. I get ignored, and I'm the one streaming. And then he just left. And I was like, <laughs> okay. This was, like, a fun interaction. Bye. Yeah, anyway. So I know uh, one of the people that I was streaming with, like, they didn't realize what it was until after the Capcom logo, like you said, either. Um, so what do you think about it? How are you feeling? Uh, I feel a bit weird, but I suppose like seven, like seven was very different than the other resident evil games. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it's not really a big deal, but I think the whole going into werewolves thing is just a bit strange. Is there werewolves? Yeah. There's... Am I missing... Did I miss something? Uh, I think it was in the original what? trailer. I was in the first... Okay, I think there was something. I mean, is it is it really that weird in a series where we've had... Where we fought a giant statue of a small child man? I, I mean, like, at least that was, like, a robot. Along with, like... I mean, like, at this point, is is there really... It's honestly just that all of the other stuff in the games so far has been, like at least mostly explainable by, oh, it's just some form of disease, bioterrorism thing. It's a bioweapon. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I feel like it's a bioweapon vampire and it's a bioweapon werewolf don't work as well. Like, I, I, actually, no, bioweapon vampire would probably work. but it, Bioweapon vampire totally works because you get, like, Metal Gear Solid, you get vamp. Yeah, but bioweapon... That's, like, that's what that is. Werewolf. I, I think that's just, like... It's not like I'm going to like hate the game because it's got a fucking werewolf in it, but bioweapon werewolf is just like a step too far in terms of like this is a biological like organism thing. If a liquor from RE2 had hair, wouldn't it look like a werewolf? Yeah, it would, but there'd be no transformation. I think it's the fact that they they do the transformation. That's what gets me. I okay. See, I'm I'm completely misremembering what is in that first trailer. I mean, maybe I'm overplaying what's in the first Is there a werewolf transformation in that first trailer? Sure, there's a fucking werewolf in the trailer. I'm looking Uh, this up. Sorry. 
werewolves. Literally, like, it auto-completes. RE8 isn't the first time werewolves have been in Resident Evil. Well. Thanks, Screen Run. <laughs> yeah, no, like, there is, like, an explicit massive shot of a fucking werewolf. It looks kind of like an El Gigante, but with hair, though. Maybe. So maybe it isn't... Maybe it's not a werewolf werewolf. Fuck off. It's a fucking comic. That doesn't count. Sorry, there's apparently a Resident Evil comic where there's werewolves. Dude, have you never have you never read the novelizations where there's... <laughs> no, I, I've not. I can't say I haven't. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> Let me read this tagline to you. Okay. Resident Evil 8 has werewolves, but it's not the first time the series has used the creature. That honor belongs to an obscure comic from the 1990s. Fuck off. Yeah. No one cares. Oh yeah, those were the, the Marvel uh, Resident Evil comics. Yeah, but I'm just saying like, it's not really fair. Like, I, I don't feel it's fair to be like, oh, well, Resident, Evils have, uh, Resident, uh, Resident Evils have always existed in werewolves. Yeah. Werewolves have always existed in Resident Evil. It's like, no, they haven't. But this is totally going to be like the Resident Evil 4 of the new Resident Evil, right? You get, you get, you go to the weird location. Yeah. You, you gotta, it seems like there's going to be saving somebody involved. You get the, the cult going on. Yeah, it's at 2.08 in the original trailer for anyone who cares where the werewolf comes on screen. But yeah, like, I mean, um, it looks good. Like, I'll probably get it. I'll have to play 7 in the meantime. But honestly, like, the only Resident Evil games I've ever really played has been 4 and then the two remakes. So that's what I've enjoyed so far. Mm-hmm. So just 7 being first person, like, didn't really interest me all that much. I haven't even played the remake of 3. I really liked it. Or by two remakes, do you mean... Uh, remake 2 and Remake 3, Okay, yeah. not Remake 1. Was it called Remake, or did everyone just call it That's remake? where that started. I know that's why it's called, but what I mean is, is it, like, on Steam? Oh, I mean, I have it, I have the GameCube version here, and it just says Resident Evil. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, whereas on, like, 2 and 3, it literally is Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 3 Remake, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Do they call it yeah. remake? Do they capitalize the R E though in the official title? I don't think so. Okay. Cause that would be dumb. I know it would be great. It would be. That's what you want in Resident Evil. Wow, I'm like totally wrong. Oh, do they? They do capitalize it? No, it's not even called remake. Oh, it's just called Resident Evil Two? Yeah, it's just called Resident Evil Two. So I've just been totally wrong the entire time. So fuck me, I guess. Everyone just calls it remake or remake or Oh well, whatever. Not a big deal. Yeah, like, I'll play 7 and I'll play 8. And then, hopefully I'll like it. Yeah, um... I did try going back to 5 at one point. I really didn't like it. This trailer was weird. Um, because there's, like, the weird, like, um... Coraline-looking, um... Yeah. Yeah, I was, like, kind of, like... Not awful, but I was kind of thrown by that. That that was weird. And then, but then you also get the the scenes with where you're like in the house and you, you're like looking over the shoulder of this lady. Yeah. We think at least that that's me. Yeah. That, but that's very like silent Hill to me. Okay. Like, like especially the shot, the first shot they show of her where she's like in the chair and she says some spooky line like that. That really makes me feel like silent Hill and kind of James interaction with women in that way. I don't know. It. I found this trailer to be very interesting stylistically. It looks like there's a new merchant. Yeah, it's Winston Churchill. I said that on my stream. <laughs> I just, I said... It literally just looks like Winston Churchill. 
<laughs> it really is time to starve India. Um, <laughs> like, I like that everyone's like, oh, Winston Churchill's really good, and he like won the Second World War, and it was like, yeah, he also tried to like use a lot of chemical weapons on people in like Saudi Arabia. Did he win? Does anyone really win wars? But regardless. Um, uh, I, I think if there has ever been a time when someone has won a war, it's probably World War Two. Yeah. I think it's... I, I understand the point you're making, but I think if there's ever been a time when a war has been worth fighting, it was probably World War Two. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Fascism is a good reason to, yeah. to fight against. Plus the whole genocide. Good thing to stop that. Yeah. Like, hot take, please don't commit genocide. Yeah, that's that's not really a good thing. No. We did, we did, my my country did, like, nuke a bunch of people. Yeah, your your treatment of the Japanese during World War II wasn't great either, but I I feel like people don't talk about the American internment camps as much. That too? Or... But yeah, video games. Video games. Yeah. This podcast has been literally all over the fucking place. It sure has. <laughs> like, for people who, like, I've, I've, like, heard my new intro, and I'm explicitly explaining what happened here, this podcast was supposed to be about something completely different, and we then spent so long talking about the news that it just became the news. We then had a massive conversation about Harry Potter taking a shit, and now we're talking about don't commit genocide. Don't do it. Yeah. Back don't. to video games. Yeah. Um, speaking yeah. of... Black Ops. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel like oh god okay it okay, looked right. cool i'm gonna be honest that gameplay trailer looked cool i wish it oh. wasn't in a game series that platformed an actual fascist yeah i was um, um <laughs> so I, i'm gonna keep bringing this up i was on stream while i was watching this and i was like is this the quickest time between mission start and war crime because like the mission starts and then about five seconds later a guy pulls like a wounded soldier out of the car and stabs him in the chest and i'm like that's a war crime the the speed with which we got there was just like amazing to me and then there's that bit where they do like actual quick scoping in the game yeah and i was like Maybe you would have hit your target if you'd spent more than three seconds aiming. And then we get this fucking like weird ass chase. And I was like, at this point, I just started giggling to myself because I just couldn't take it seriously. Like, granted, it's Call of Duty. You're not supposed to take it seriously, seriously, right. but I could not deal with this. But there's certain mechanic, like, it could be interesting. I just wish it wasn't in the most jingoistic series in video games. Hmm. Um, like, I, I get a Call of Duty every now and again so that i can play a game where i don't think every time i think about playing call of duty i go and play titanfall 2 again okay fair enough <laughs> I, I i also have a thing where i just like i play the the campaigns and i'm like yeah this is a game where i shoot things and that is like it and then like i don't touch it ever again yeah. and i tend to buy them a year out so like i now that blops cold war is coming out i'll probably pick up modern warfare and then I'll do the same next year with this. And and then you can blame the war crimes that America did on Russia. Yeah, that's fine. Like no one's gonna like ask the Russians if they did it. They didn't. It was us. No, but no one's gonna. No one's gonna check. 
Well, it's fiction. I mean, it's fiction, right? You can't just yeah. you can't just Google these things. You can't just look these things up. That's like honestly, though, that's most of what Japan seems to believe. You can't just Google World War Two. That that's just not possible. Not which is why you can't admit that Japan committed war crimes in World War Two. That's just not a thing. Mm. Like Unit Seven Three One did not exist. But no, it didn't happen. It just didn't. I was about to say like. But doesn't everyone do war crimes? And then I realized how awful of a statement that was and that it actually is kind of a true statement. Yeah, I almost created war crimes once. Depends what you classify as a war crime, but like the whole thing about they made a big point about not using red crosses in games because it's technically a symbol reserved for war. Oh, yeah. But that's not I thought that was more like actual copyright of the red cross. It's. It's the closest, hopefully, I say hopefully, like, I don't have any agency over my own life. It's the closest <laughs> I'll ever get to committing a war crime, is what I'm trying to say. Well, also remember that war crimes aren't war crimes if committed while not in war. Also, war crimes aren't war crimes if you're the one who wins. True. But they're also not war crimes, as in, so, like, using chemical weaponry, you can do it if you're not at war and you're a, um, against your own people. That's that's a that's a war crime that's allowed. It's, it's not a war crime. It's just a regular crime. See, but, no one can arrest you for regular crimes, except yeah. if you're like black or poor or any other form of minority. <laughs> Video games. Welcome, welcome to our gamer <laughs> proletariat podcast. I got um, this thing right. So, so like, I have consciously made an effort to not make any explicit political statements in my videos, <laughs> not because I don't believe these things. But just because, it's just, I, I... You just want gamer time. Yeah, I just want to, like, oh, look, this game's cool. And now I'm like, fuck the police. Like... Honestly, I'm... I'm... With with Black Ops, I'm like, can we not bring politics into gaming, but, like, for real this time? And not just yeah. about having minority characters? Get rid of politics in games. But if we get rid of politics in games, we basically get rid of games. So. Yeah. I, I kind of like games most of the time. I like games too. I don't like it when games promote actual people who are actual fascists. Like no. that first trailer for for COD Blops Cold War. That yeah. dude is that dude is like a weird conspiracy theorist dude mm. that they're promoting as like I, it's it's so weird. It's so yeah, but it makes money though. Yeah, jingoism sells, dude. Yeah, it makes money, so it's okay. Jingoism sells hotcakes it sells crazy you know what else sells crazy Devil Oddworld May Cry 5. Soulstorm fuck we went different places with this <laughs> yeah, let's I, meet I, in the middle let's meet in the middle Devil Five May Soulstorm fuck oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's choose another one Fortnite there we go we Fortnite. can all agree that Fortnite is a thing that exists and sells hotcakes yeah, it does. Not on the iOS. No. No. Oh, God. I'm literally just telling people what happened on my stream. Just go watch my fucking stream. It was good. Go watch the streams, yeah. Yeah. Um. No, like, so F Fortnite came on screen, and I was like, oh, is this Immortals Phoenix Rising? Because I just saw the world. And then Fortnite came on screen, and everyone in the stream started laughing. I realize that is, again, now three people, but it, it was funny. We laughed. Uh, that's about all I've got to say on Fortnite. Do you care about Fortnite? I do not. Good. Okay. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. 
was another game that exists and yep. i was thoroughly scared by that jump scare at the end it really got me this one is going to be like free roam like it's going to be like a layers of fear or one of those kind of horror games which could be cool could be really yeah. cool at the very least at the very least they're going somewhere new with this which is interesting but i still don't care it's just not for me it's just not my sort of thing like i have this thing with horror games where like i don't like horror games and then i play a horror game and i'm like yeah like i don't react enough to be bothered by most games but i have this like thing where i am i'm i'm more scared at the idea of being scared so i've very rarely ever been scared by a thing but when i think about being scared by it i get scared by it you get what i mean yeah um i don't really i'm not a big fan of horror games either except for um one of my favorite games of all time is faith okay because like faith one and two basically because they're both free i think yeah as a whole like the faith series is is really fun and i'm a huge fan of weird indie horror games yeah. So like there's been the dread x collections recently mm-hmm. um there was that haunted ps1 demo disc that was really cool i messed around with that that kind of stuff is 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 stuff i really enjoy um yeah. something like soma or layers of fear isn't my thing really no i made a horror game last year that was fun that's all i've got to say on horror games to be honest like i i made a horror I game because i had a dream about it so i made it um that's a good reason to make things yeah speaking of scary things you know what's scary demons uh, devil may cry Soul five Storm. yeah <laughs> okay we can't get on the same page can we you know what is scary the fact that the special edition isn't coming to pc apparently pc is getting virgil but not getting any of the other special edition stuff i don't now you made me not hype yeah i know it's sad i was this was the most hype i got yeah. this whole playstation thing i was like pretty excited i saw that capcom logo at first and i heard virgil's voice and my <laughs> dumbass said is this the resident evil 4 remake <laughs> and then yeah. i saw nero and i'm like oh wait yeah okay fine good <laughs> i was <laughs> i was literally expecting them to go from Resident Evil 8 to Resident Evil 4 Remake, for whatever reason. But it's half the number. Yeah. No, but we... Um, this is cool. Virgil's cool. It looks cool. He's got a cool song. I would care more if it was coming to PC. There yes. we go. That's basically yep. it. Like, I, yep. I, I do care. Like, I, I want to play it, but the fact that it's not going to PC kind of... Like, the special edition stuff isn't going to PC kind of puts me off. Like, when the PC version doesn't get... Oh, I, I don't know for sure off the top of my head what it was, but there's two gameplay modes and um, ray tracing that it doesn't get. That's rough. Like, we will get Virgil, but you have to pay for it, which is fine. It's not a big deal, but it's the other stuff that, like, it's just, it's the fact that there's fucking, like, a clear, explicitly better version of a game that no one else gets to play because it's not on their platform. That just bothers me. Like, I, I have, like, to be clear, I don't mean, like, game exclusives. Like, um... Like Demon Souls, we're going to get to in a bit. Like that is a Sony game that stays on the Sony console. Okay, right. that's but, different than having the game be on all consoles. But yeah, like one platform gets a feature or a mode that is different. Yeah, exactly. Like the the example that I've used previously is Dragon Quest Eleven. The Switch version of Dragon Quest Eleven is just explicitly a better version of the game. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, it's got better music. It's got the it's got um the mode where you can switch between the two D and the three D. It's got extra story content, and it just never. Wait, have they not re released that for other platforms? Nope, can't do it. It's only on the Switch. Are you serious? Yep, and it also came out about a month after I bought the PS4 version for my wife. That's not cool. So I'm just like in this position now where it's like, okay, great, gotta buy two copies if I actually want to play the game properly now. But anyway, I just just release the fucking game on PC. Just, it's not fucking complicated. Yeah, I mean, I was going to play it on Game Pass because it's 11 is on Game Pass, but if that's true, then... Because that, cause that, that's the version that has, like, the bad MIDI version of the music. Because it has better versions of the MIDIs and a full orchestral soundtrack as well, I think. And you can switch between them. Yeah. Well, uh, as for Devil May Cry, it was great. I will play more of it with Virgil. That's about it, to be honest. Port the extra shit yeah. on the PC, please. It was cool. I reviewed it on my, on my Game of the Year 2019 list. Deathloop exists. Yep. I still don't honestly understand it it's the fact that there's two players like i don't get how the two-player thing works that's i think it's gonna be like um like kind of dark souls invasion yeah actually that would make sense style that's that's what i've assumed is that it's it's gonna be kind of that sort of way yeah but then if there's not enough people then that would get really boring not really not boring boring but more like um like some people are just gonna have a really easy time of it is what i'm getting i played through bloodborne totally without using um help or getting any of that i mean you can play like those the souls games are built to where that can be optional oh well yeah no but that's what i mean like so that is this is an optional section uh this is a optional system you can engage with right whereas if the stuff in death loop is an invasion like you said unless you have like the NPC version of the invasion as well, in which case it's probably not going to be as interesting as an actual real person, then that feels like an entire section of the game that just gets locked away behind this. Yeah, so it would be like if instead of just a regular invasion, it would be like one of the bosses was an invasion. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it though, because like she kind of is, isn't she? Like she is a roaming boss. Yeah, I think so. Like essentially. So like it would be cool if that was an invasion, but if that isn't, if that is an invasion, but there aren't enough people playing as her, mm -hmm. then the people playing as him are going to have like a way easier time of it, either because they don't get invaded at all, or they just get an NPC version of the invasion that isn't as hard. It feels like some people are going to lose out either way, is what I'm getting at, I suppose. Yeah, it's also, it just looks like... I'm, I made a joke in my stream, also go watch my streams. Um, oh, yeah, go watch their streams too. I I made a joke that at this point, whatever we call the Bioshock developer diaspora is its own genre. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Like Prey, Dishonored, all of those. Well, to be fair, Prey, Dishonored, and this are all made by the same people. Oh, are they? Yeah, they're all okay. Um, yeah, but there's there's other games that I can't think of. Like, there's that, I guess that is just Arcane style more than yeah. its own genre, but... This definitely feels like a from former Bioshock developer game. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, we did go to war already, didn't we? I. It's been so long, I honestly forgot. Yeah. Demon Souls? Yeah. So the entire point is is that every time you said Demon Souls, I've tried to steer away because I've been trying to leave it till last Okay. <laughs> That's all. Well, then I kept thinking we hadn't done God of War yet, so I was going to do that again, but we already did it. It's just been like an hour. Yeah, I was wondering, like... 
I because I forgot about Death Loop too, which is why I said Yeah. I completely forgot about that one. Oh no, no. I'm totally wrong. We didn't do Oddworld Soulstorm, we just made a joke about it. We just made a joke about it. Do you care about Oddworld Soulstorm? No. I don't either. Okay. I feel bad for it now that I don't. I know there's people who do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the point I'm trying but to make too. I never played any of them, so nope. it's... Nor did I. I have nothing to say about it. I know some people really like it. I am not one of them. I hope it's good for you if you do like it. Warner Brothers reassures fans that J.K. Rowling isn't directly involved with new Harry Potter game. That's good. That's good. It's good. She's still going to get royalties. From yeah, I know. And she'll give all the royalties to... She'll use her royalties to fund her new book about a like guy who cross-dresses and kills women. It's not even a lie. She's just written a book about a guy who cross-dresses and kills women. I hate it. I know. Like, I, I, I am not super personally involved in that purely because I stopped caring about Harry Potter quite quickly. Mm-hmm. So it... It was, like, an interesting part of my childhood, but it wasn't, like, formative or anything. It was just, like, a thing right. that happened. Whereas some other people who've, like, built an entire, like, personality around liking Harry Potter and then to find out that the woman who wrote it is a massive fucking turf, like, it can't be a fun time. Yeah. Like, I, the point I'm making is that I get to just go, she's fucking turf, I don't care, and hate her from a distance. Uh-huh. Whereas the yeah. people who are, like, uh, like, wrapped up in the whole world around it as well, like, there's the whole, I hate this woman now. And the disappointment of losing the thing you care about. Uh, one thing I will say about Oddworld is that the the guy who's like in charge of making it has nice hair. He's a very handsome man. Yeah, he's not really my type, but he is. He he is he. Did he voice that guy that was in the beginning cutscene too? Yeah. But that, so that, okay, I was almost sure. What little I know about it is that I think he was like de- designer or just he might even have just been a voice actor or something. Or he might have like set up the entire world. Like I'm talking, like I have really basic knowledge of this, but he just. But he's been involved with it from early on since the start. Yeah, but he was also like really big proponent of getting more of this. Is what I'm getting at. Like he set up his entire own studio just to make these. So yeah, it's cool. At least that it's getting to be made. Yeah, I know a lot of people really like that series. Yeah, it's just not my thing. Like I, I it looks cool, but it just. It feels like it plays off a lot of like nostalgia for the old games, and I don't have any of that, so I've not been particularly interested in it. Yeah. Demon Souls. Demon Souls. Do you care about Demon Souls? I've never played Demon Souls. Neither have I. So I'm interested in picking this up, actually. I'm very interested in picking yeah. this up. I do own Demon Souls. I do too. I just never played it. I have played the opening uh, <laughs> through the Capper Demon. And then I died to it. Capra Demon. Is Capra Demon Dark Souls 1? Yeah. Okay. Whatever uh, the... the... Demon Souls is Vanguard. Yeah, whatever the the big boy that you fight. Yeah. Um, I think Vanguard's one of the bosses. Fucking hell. Well, I've, yeah, I know what you mean at the very least. Yeah, whatever the big boy is. Um, yeah. And I got to that point. I died, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the hub world, and then I fell off and died, and yep. my health bar shriveled to even more of mm-hmm. a piece of tiny beef jerky than it than it was before. And I just i I ejected the game from my PS3, and I was like, I I'll come back to this later, and I never did. Yeah. So <laughs> I watched my wife play it because, like, by the time I started caring about it, I had finished Dark Souls One. Mm-hmm. 
So I just didn't go back. Right. I watched my wife play the first bit. She got to the Nexus and then couldn't work out how to leave the Nexus. And that was the end. That was the last time she played it. Yeah, that's about how my experience was. Yeah. Um, I watched, I've watched other people play it. But yeah, I just never got around to it myself. Honestly, one of the main reasons that put me off is the world tendency stuff. Like yeah. that stuff like makes me so uncomfortable as a player that it put me off playing at all. Like I was trying to like understand how to manipulate the world tendency to work in the best way for me to not miss things, basically. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I just like sucked all of the enjoyment out of the game for me. Like even before yeah. I even touched it, I was like so worried about this one aspect that I just couldn't touch it. Like, so I never did. And now I'm going to. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be cooler. I don't know how, what they'll do about it. They're just going to leave the world tendency system as it is. I assume they probably will, but I don't know. I know a lot of people have been complaining about how it looks. I've seen people complain that it doesn't have the same sort of style as the old one. But I think it looks really good. Yeah, people are saying like it used to be more brown and muted and now it's too colorful. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. I think it looks really good. I think the lighting looks really good. I think the only thing that looks bad is the death text. When yeah. it comes up on screen, you died. That looked fucking trash. It was the only thing that really put me off. And I literally said out loud on my stream that I, like it looked terrible and I hope it goes away. It was a real shame because everything else about it, I thought looked really good. Yeah, people people had a problem with Bluepoint because they did that Shadow of the Colossus remake, and yeah. it did strip away some of the visual charm mm-hmm. of the original. Um, I but I I don't, I guess it's just because I don't have the same nostalgia, like familiarity in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for Demon Souls, as I do, um, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. So mm-hmm. there's one thing that I am hoping for is that they work on the um. Can't think what the word is. Um, there were some systems in Demon Souls that are like not really well explained and also not used very frequently, so it was like a little bit confusing for people. Like the um, there's a climbing mechanic that gets used like twice, um, mm-hmm. and it isn't very well explained. So I'm wondering if they're going to explain that stuff a bit better. Oh, and also I'm wondering if they're going to um, add that uh, missing area in because that'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, because one of the archstones was broken because it was a place that they started working on and then ran out of time, so they didn't finish working on it. And the initial reveal trailer showed off a snowy area, and that was a snow area. So people are hoping that it means they're going to add in the missing stuff. I honestly don't think they will, but it'd be cool if they did. Yeah, I mean, I how was that? There was that remake of um, Dark Souls 1. That one didn't get super great reception. Yeah, there was like some bugs with it. And there's one like really cool bug that I only found out about recently where if you have your weight, I think it's like 26%, you can just roll infinitely in the air and not take fall damage. But yeah, like apparently it wasn't great. Like it didn't it didn't look great if I'm being honest. And I I'm talking purely in the looks like some of it. Mm-hmm. It it didn't it's weird because they didn't go far enough in like making it new. Right. So it just kind of looked like a bit of like an up old one. And it was, I think one of the issues is that the textures and stuff just looked up but then they added new stuff in and the new stuff clashed with the old stuff. So it ended up not looking great as a whole. Mm, yeah. I honestly don't know super much about it because I, I wasn't particularly interested in getting it. I think the, the PS5 has a pretty decent library coming soon going for it. Mm-hmm. 
It'd be nice if it had more backwards compatibility, but PS4 at the very least is okay. That's what the Xbox kind of has going for it. What do you feel about the uh, PlayStation Plus collection with all of your PS4 games? I think it's cool. I also think I'll never touch it. Yeah, because I already have a PS4. I own most of those games. It's nice, but like, there's just little things about it that bug me as well, where it's like, it's got Persona 5 in it. It's not got Persona 5 Royale in it. It's got it's got PS3 game Last of Us 1. Yeah. Which they're going to do the same thing that they did for Last of Us 1. They're going to re-release Last of Us 2 HD special whatever Yeah, for the PS5. Although, hopefully at the very least with that, they will just add it as a patch to Last of Us 2 as well. Like, you know, because a lot of the PS4, PS5 games, you can put your PS4 disc in your PS5 and it'll play the PS5 version. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully that'll do the same for that. Because, I mean, they did that, but they did that for Last of Us 1. Because Last of Us 1 came out on PS3, PS4 came out less than a year later, and they re-released it full price, I think. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was a year after the Game of the Year edition with the DLC. Because I know Left Behind was in it as well. Hmm. Yeah, I, I never ended up playing Left Behind. Left Behind was good. I didn't have internet to. I had a. That was when we were on satellite internet, and we had we yeah. still had data caps in the year of our Lord twenty fifteen. <laughs> right. Well, shall we wrap up then? That was a podcast. So we're four hours later, and we're going to end the podcast now because it is currently quarter past midnight, and I'm tired. <laughs> so, oh yeah, so. I don't know. I don't see why you would be paying attention to how many patrons I've got, but I've got more patrons now, which is nice. That's Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. So, special thanks to my board members, Heaven Over Hell, Justin Wood, Hobbs, and Koopy Vegeta. You can join my Patreon at patreon.com slash Gatsby, and for $1 a month, you'll be able to see what I'm working on early, get exclusive roles in my Discord, along with other worlds I might think of that I haven't thought of yet. You can also tell quite quickly which parts of this are things I've written down and which things I'm talking about off the top of my head. Because I go from talking in this like really consistent, like smooth voice to like rambling like this. <laughs> to saying top of me head. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it works. Yeah. No, I ain't I ain't trashing on it. Uh, I live quite close to Yorkshire. So there's like little bits where the Mancunion and the Yorkshire mix. So like in <laughs> Yorkshire you don't say the all that much. You say t So instead of the internet, it's Tinternet. Um Tinternet. <laughs> The internet. It's like I'm going to shop. Uh, you can also follow me on my page. <laughs> what? You, man. Go back into my spiel and then you... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's I, fine. I was thinking about it's accents. <laughs> I have this thing where like, I can do very specific accents. Um, like I really like accents. I, I have this issue. I think I've spoken about it either with you on my podcast or with CC on my podcast. Or maybe it wasn't on my podcast at all, but I feel like I've spoken about it at some point where I have. I don't know. No, it was. It was with CC on my last podcast because I used it to talk about while I was singing and stuff. I have an issue with mimicry. Right. People will say things and I will mimic the things they say or I'll mimic certain noises that I hear when like alarms go off in the street. I have a habit of mimic, mimicking the alarm going off. It's just a thing. Yeah. Um. Uh. But accents are one of the things that like get me. Me too. So like... Someone will have like a specific accent and I'll mimic it. Um, I I have that happen with um, like I was watching The Sopranos for a while and I just yeah. found myself slipping into the most like stereotypical yeah. 
<laughs> it was it was it was the worst when you watch a lot of something and you just start talking like they do and you're like yeah i should should probably stop i'm like <laughs> so fucking white kid from manchester please stop forget about it like have you ever listened to the fratellis is that uh is that a podcast about the sopranos no it's not oh it's a it's a scottish indie pop band oh <laughs> I have not. The point is, they, just have, they have very thick Scottish accents, and when I listen to them, I end up singing in a Scottish accent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so back to the outro. You can also follow me on my Patreon there if you want to. That's free, and it's probably the best place to see all of my content as soon as it's available. There's links to the Patreon, along with my Discord, Twitter, Twitch, and all the other podcast platforms in the description for the episode, as well as links to all of Gary's stuff too. So thanks for sticking around. Bye. Now you're going to do the intro again? Yeah, I thought you were going to say bye, though. Oh, bye. Yeah, well, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I was, that was just a good ending. I know, I know it's a good ending. I was, I, expecting I was just going to leave it on that God. because it was that well, good. It's fine. No, I'm going to leave it on this now. I'm not going to cut this bit out. You're not. I know you're not. And yeah, I appreciate no, I'm gonna leave that. This bit in, yeah, no, it'll be better this way. In fact, what I might do is leave is record the intro and then put this intro in at the end and put the old intro in. No, sorry. Put the new intro in at the start and then put the old intro in at the end just for the people who are curious. This is hurting my brain. This is... Yeah, it's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Here we go. Uh, it's... Yeah, it's like quarter past midnight. I'm like slowly losing the plot, which is why we started talking <laughs> about shit and genocide for a while. <laughs> uh, okay. So. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> I don't know how to end this. I don't know. It stopped and then we keep going. <sighs> bye. Okay, right now I'll record my intro. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, everyone. This time Gary's returned and there's been a shit ton of news. So we're going to go through all of that. First, though, Gary, what have you been up to recently? Okay. <sighs> uh, I've been up. I've been playing a lot. Of, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, fuck off. <laughs> oh. okay okay all right awesome thanks right. i'm gonna click the stop recording button now okay